Never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. And welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our own television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. And beautiful it is. We broadcast live every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, the home of luminaries such as Russ Dizdar, Dr. Ted Brower, and others. Uh, Dave Hodges, my goodness, so many. Uh, uh, we're simulcast as well on Blog Talk Radio, BTR. And of course, you can watch us live and in person right here and, and on YouTube or on your YouTube channel. That's it. Say it right. YouTube channel. Say it with me now. All right. Just go to Hagman and Hagman.com. And, uh, from there, you can navigate to whatever place you'd like to watch us from. And, uh, of course, we've got two websites, Hagman and Hagman.com and HagmanReport.com. Tune in. Check each website every day. And I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, fellow investigator, researcher, and my son, Joe Hagman, together with something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. A lot of information to get into today. You know, another terror attack in Munich. Well, another terror attack, comma, in Munich, Germany. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, that's making the news today. Uh, first hour, we're going to be getting into some uh, news headlines, some important headlines to talk about the first segment. And before yeah. we get into things, I want to, uh, just want to mention that, uh, um, we're going to be, on, we're going to be next week, Wednesday or Thursday, Thursday it is. Yep. Go to Hagman, uh, and Hagman.com or go, go to PaulBegleyProphecy.com. And on paulbegleyprophecy.com on the left-hand side or down on Hagman and Hagman on the right-hand side, you'll see the picture of Pastor Paul Begley. And you can register to be a participant in the live studio audience of the TV show that we are going to be shooting with Pastor Paul Begley, two segments in Noblesville, Indiana, on Thursday morning, 9 and 11. you got to be there before 9, before the doors close. But if you're in the area, if you want to see my dad and myself, not only get to see us and Pastor Paul Begley do the interviews and TV shows, 
also for a nice little meet and greet in between yeah, the tapings. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll have time to, to chat with the audience and studio audience and, uh, get to know those who are there. So if you want to be a part of that, check out the information and register, um, from either our website or Pastor Paul Begley's website. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It, it really is. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have two tapings, one nine, one 11. I don't know if you, you know, I think you can register for one or both or either one or, I don't know if you want to sit through both, right? I mean, I don't want to sit through both. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you do. No, no, no. It's it, it'll be a lot of fun. We're gonna have we're we're gonna be talking about a lot of interesting and uh, important information on that day. Um, a lot again, a lot to get into tonight. The the uh, terrorist attacks and received a lot of emails um, since those attacks. And you know, what, what do you think? And my goodness, uh, just an incredible, just an incredible amount of information about uh, what, what's going on. Um, I want to mention just I spoke with uh, at length with uh, Jim Mars today. And yeah. Those people who don't know Jim Mars, uh, what a great guy! Um, author of the Trillion Dollar Conspiracy and JFK. I mean, so many books. Go to Jim Mars. It's M A R R S dot com, and uh, you can check it out. He's going to be with us on Friday, August twelfth of uh, so a week from two weeks. I guess two weeks from today, right? Yeah, something like that. August twelfth uh, is uh, two weeks. I think from today, the Friday, second Friday in August. Right, yes, right. Okay, so that's that's gonna be a lot. Three of weeks months. from today, two weeks. Come on, man. You get the twenty ninth. Really? You get the fifth and the twelfth. Yeah, three weeks. All right. Yeah, three weeks. I don't know. Uh, I'll work on my dates tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, it, it, a lot of a lot of heavy stuff to get into, and and before I do, you know. Um, we're on the tail of these IRS scammers, and I know Joe. Joe's we like, get some oh, more my numbers. Gosh, yeah. No, now it's at the point where I just want you just to get somebody on the phone. Okay. I want to see what this is about. It's like, all right, stop this now. No, gotta, no. Now it's a, now it's a matter right. of principle. Well, I want to thank. Uh, uh, I, I'm not going to say the name. Thank you for saying this out. Let's well, let's take a. Is this the one we got uh, last evening? Yeah, uh, last evening, yeah. or is there a new yes. one? No, this is last evening, and. Uh, Again, we don't script these. I don't call ahead of time to see if these numbers work. These are, okay, just to give people an update, what are you doing? Well, these are the IRS scammers. They pose themselves as treasury agents. They bilk people out of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And um, I think $26 million, $50 million last year alone. And they say, basically, they call you up and they say, well, we know we've got this. We're going to send a warrant out for your arrest. Uh, freeze your bank account and so on, and they, 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 they hoodwink you into giving them your information. It, it, essentially, it's just a, I mean, it's a scam. And, and most people know it's a scam. It's unfortunate that, that people have been taken for, uh, numerous amount of money. And some, in fact, some of our listeners have. So, so that really irritates me. So let's get on the phone, hopefully, and, uh, let's see if we can't, um. All right. All right. The number, this number is, um, uh, and again, you know, the Treasury Department must have a lot of trouble with phone numbers or keeping their phones on because they keep switching these phone numbers. So let's see if we can get them on the phone. I before I stop breathing, I I'm gonna get somebody on the phone. Let me tell you. Okay, hang on. Five five seven one zero two four. Old fashioned way, uh, speaker and uh, telephone. Let's see if we let's see what we got here. We're sorry. You have uh, reached a number. Oh, man. That ring got me uh, a little false hope. You know, again, 
Yeah, see that that number, and and they they switched it. That number was uh, I bet they seven six zero five five seven. I bet they're up for anywhere between twelve to twenty four hours tops. Ah, <sighs> yeah, Eddie from Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you. That although Eddie, yeah, calling too late, saying you know, giving their scam, giving the people a different number to call back. Yeah, knowing that uh, first number would be shut off. I I don't think you know. I'm I'm looking here. I I don't think we have any different numbers than we've already tried, but. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I do want to get these people on and to ask why the United States Treasury Department has having so many so much trouble paying their bills. And uh yes, you know, I have cleared it through our uh, vast uh, expansive legal team and uh um frankly I don't care. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? Okay. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I, I don't care anymore. It's it's lawlessness across the board. Um so okay, we've gone through we mentioned the um we, we mentioned the um, uh, t- television program Monday. Steve Quayle and Dave Hodges. That's uh, yeah. We're going to get into the Middle East situation, specifically Turkey, NATO, and right. what to expect in yep. the future. Yep. Um, and Steve and Dave both have you know a, a number of important intelligence and military sources that they get their information from. That has been spot on for a long time now. So we will get the inside baseball of what's happening for real in Turkey. What's happening with the Air Force Base where the 1500 soldiers plus are stationed and defense contractors, as well as the, uh, weapons. I also heard a report, I don't know, I'm just going to throw this out there because I don't know if you've heard this, that the missing ships, uh, the Turkish, Turkish warships that went missing, 14 of them, uh, that Turkey actually launched missiles against those ships after they were found. Um, not sure if you saw that or heard any updates on that. Yeah, it it's was speculation believe, uh, at best. When I, uh, from the sources I saw. Yeah, I, you know, it's um, as many have said. Churchill said uh, Turkey is an enigma, and, and you know it. it very much now, through the lens of biblical uh, prophecy and scripture, I think it's less of an enigma and more of a uh, understanding that you're seeing a confederation of Arab states coming through, and of course the establishment of the caliphate and such. So um, that's uh, that's that. But uh, I want to thank Gary J for your confidence, and you know, what, what a great supporter, Gary J out of the Pacific Northwest. What a great supporter of our program. Uh, just just lavishing praise on us and uh, all the people from Hattiesburg. Uh, we're going to try to talk slow for you, okay? We're going to try to dumb it down for you if you live in Hattiesburg. Um, we're going to be very careful, and we're not going to use <laughs> multiple syllable words. Uh, don't let one rotten apple spoil the whole bunch. Oh, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. <laughs> oh, come on. I, you know, hey, uh, Russia's got real, Linda. We've got Hattiesburg. It is free for all Friday. That's right. And um, I guess uh, me not... Uh, I guess my absence yesterday, my mysterious absence yesterday. Mysterious. Yeah, mysterious absence yesterday really kind of set the stage. for the audience. Uh, I don't know if you went back and listened. If no. you did, you would have heard what I told them. What would you, you say? You probably should go back and listen. Uh, <laughs> whatever you said, it's not true. <laughs> I could tell you. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. You said you were busy. Yeah. Busy what? Yeah, I was busy, all right. No, um, 
Yeah, I, I no, I got a couple of emails today, and, and I, I didn't listen. I was unable to listen to the to the first Paul, part of the show. Paul and I, uh, specifically, Paul did a great job. I heard the second um, part of the show. Yeah, all I did was just feed him different questions that were on the top of my mind and uh, on a number of different different issues, and he went to an in depth analysis of those questions and and did a fantastic job of answering them and shedding light on. Uh, new information and important information uh-huh. that uh-huh. Uh, the about the chaos we see in this country and in the international arena. Yeah, yeah, and, and he had some great insights. Now today we have, as my father said, another shooting rampage terror attack in Munich, Germany. It's being reported that at least eight are dead and ten injured. As initial reports continue to flood and the number continues to rise. Um, they say that it was a shopping center, gunmen, uh, large and dangerous, uh, at least three gunmen, they say, um, killed eight people, and an unidentified number of people were injured at a shooting at the Olympic Olympia Mall in Munich. Police are still hunting for attackers, and the suspect that... Uh, well, I suspect that the incident could be is terror-related. Yeah. It's been reported that one of the alleged attackers has committed suicide. Now, um, still, the reports are coming in, so we will find out what it is that is happening with these terrorists and if they are taken dead or alive. I su- suspect that they will all be dead. I, I, I do, too. And, and I do suspect there's more than one. Of course, Nice, um, what, last week or a week? Yeah. Or the, the, and we're going to talk about that because uh, the a narrative that the media put out there about Nice, about the person who got in the truck and, and <clears throat> at the Steel Day uh, celebrations, you know, got into this big truck and plowed through a crowd, killing 84 people, injuring uh, hundreds more. They said he was a lone wolf. He, you know, he was just flipped and got angry and kind of flipped out and committed this uh, just horrific act. Well, now it's come to light that uh, the media was trying to minimize the attack and the connections to radical Islamic groups uh, such as ISIS. New info has come out that the attacker had accomplices and planned and plotted this attack for months. Now, now there's new information on this that I don't know if you saw this, but there is an agency uh, in France, the SDAT, the South Direct uh, Seuss, okay, or South if you if you really the want South to take a drink Direction in, uh, Anti-Terror uh, Agency um, is behind some say Suisse. Okay, if you're really if you're really how do I say this? Well, if you're French really refined, the French okay. government terror uh, operation arm has ordered uh-huh. the destruction of CCT t- video footage. Uh-huh. A report in July 21st edition yep. of uh, the Fargo newspaper states that France's anti-terrorism executive has ordered Nice's urban surveillance authorities to destroy all CCTV footage in the Nice attacks on Bastille Day that rocked the city on July uh, 14th, 2016. They go on to state that although STAD had cited Articles 53 and L70, uh, 70624 of the prosecution procedure of the penal code. Authorities in Nice interviewed by Le, uh, but, you know, Figaro it, say that it is the first time that they have ever been asked to destroy evidence at a crime scene. Absolutely. Something they point out is illegal. Now, why is the French government in the arm of uh, anti-terror uh, 
going out and destroying. I mean, it's reminiscent of 9-11 with the FBI gathering the tapes yep. of the Pentagon yep. and other uh, similar instances. But you have the French government. What are they trying to hide? Why are they trying to destroy all of the uh, surveillance camera footage of the attack? Well, you know, it, it, destruction of evidence is always the safest way of, of handling crimes that are um, complex, complicit, or, or whatever. It, it's uh, we, we saw this to a lesser extent at the time because of the uh, the, the non. Well, but, we saw this in the Kennedy assassination. You know, but we talk about this a lot. The uh, following or not following standard operating procedure, especially investigative procedure. And this has been something that is a common trait in some of these attacks, uh, either terror attacks to uh, suspected um, localized incidents, like the Loretta Fuddy plane crash. When the when something happens, like a plane crash, there are uh, st- there is a standard operating procedure where the NTSB needs to come out, examine the plane, examine you know, see what happened. That was not followed in those in that plane crash. Just like here, the standard operating procedure is not being followed, and evidence is being destroyed. Just like on 9/11, protocol of the evidence rules were not followed. They destroyed all the evidence and the steel, shipped it off to China. Um, there's a, a common thread here, and the question needs to be asked: What are they hiding, and who benefits from? Hiding the evidence or destroying the evidence. Well, it's obviously the um, the powers benefit from this. You know, I, I had uh, in in the wake of the shooting attacks in Munich today, I had uh, found some uh, some notes as well as some parts of um, Tom Horn and Chris, Chris Putnam's new book. The uh, they go into great detail end up setting the stage as to what's going on today all right and this is something that uh that um you know, to put it to put it all in one place and to kind of give this kind of a a a a sense of cohesion all of these events to give a sense of cohesion now this is Tom and Chris's latest book yeah um the one you ordered for us and, and got the one number. copy yeah the Islamic Antichrist got the one copy uh, waiting on two more and uh, you know who's got the the one copy but uh, he references the trend of recent references to World War III which have captivated our attention in this book um, the trend of recent references to World War III have captivated many people's attention um, and those who are familiar with that letter Pike Mazzini, or, uh, Albert Pike, who allegedly wrote a letter to Giuseppe Mazzini, dated August 15, 1871. Yeah, we talked about this right. last night. Uh, now, he proposed a diabolic strategy involving three world wars as a means of creating one world order. So, okay, when when the Nice attacks and, and, and the Munich attacks, you go back and you, you take a look at what's really taking place here because you're, you're hearing calls, a lot of calls from a lot of different parts, political elements here. So what's really taking place? Because this seems to be every day now. It's every other day or whatever. It seems that there's an attack of some major uh, proportion. You had Nice, you have Munich, and it's not going to stop. And it's kind of it's coming in the United States. So what's this all about? The um, um, the individual when you track down this letter, the the recent interest to this letter, this. It was popularized by a guy that um, 
Dr. Deborah refers to uh, quite frequently, William Guy Carr. And I've got the, his book, Pawns in the Game. That, that's who that's who popularized, in modern times, Pike's letter to Mazzini. Now, he, uh, Guy, well, uh, William Guy Carr was a former intelligence officer in the Royal Navy. Now, according to Carr, he, now listen to this. All right? this. This is from his book, quoted in uh, Tom Horn's book as well. Uh, Pike's plan was as simple as it has proved effective. Now, he required that communism, Nazism, and political Zionism and other inter, uh, international movements be organized to use and used to foment the three global wars and three major religions. The First World War was to be fought uh, so as to enable the Illuminati to overthrow the powers of the czars in Russia and turn that country into the stronghold of atheist communism. Sounds simple, right? Did it happen? Yes. The differences stirred up by the Illuminati between the British and the German empires were to be used to foment this war. And after the war ended, communism was to be built up and used to destroy other government and weaken religions in general. That's kind of... Now think about the First World War. Did it, did, did that Was that accomplished? Yes. Now World War II was to be fomented by using differences between fascists and political Zionists. Now, a lot of people out there are going to say, wait a minute, you're talking about Jews now and you're, you're, you're being anti-Semitic. No, no, no. This is political Zionism, much different than, than Jew, than, uh, uh, being anti-Semitic. He writes this, this war was to be fought so that Nazism would be destroyed and the power of political Zionism increased so that the sovereign state of Israel could be established in Palestine. Well, okay. Do you agree with him? Or do I agree with him in this? Nah. I understand the reference to Palestine, but again, whose land was it? All right. Anyway, I'm not going to comment further on that. Now, during World War II, international communism was was to be built up until it equaled in strength that of United Christendom. All right. So you've got Christianity on one side and communism on the other. And they were building communism to be equal to, if not destroy, the Christendom. All right. At this uh, at this point, it was to be contained and kept in check until required for the final social cataclysm. Now, we're seeing that right now, are we not? You're, you're seeing the social fabric of this country being rendered, ripped, torn, and tor- torn asunder. Um. And, and then, and then he writes this: Can any informed person deny Roosevelt and Churchill did not put this policy into effect? Roosevelt and Churchill together, I think they did. Was it their intent? I think so. But anyway, moving on. Now, World War Three is to be fomented by using the differences, uh, the agent of the Illuminati, the agents of the Illuminati, that is stir up between political Zionists and the leaders of the Muslim world. Now, this war is to be directed in such a manner that Islam, and that this includes the Arab world in its entirety, including the subgroups. Now, this is my uh, editorial here. And political Zionism, including the nation of Israel, or the state of Israel, will destroy themselves while at the same time remaining nations. Now, Okay. Um, once more divided against each other on this issue. 
and will be forced to fight themselves into a state of complete exhaustion physically, mentally, spiritually, and economically. Now, can any unbiased and reasoning person deny that the intrigue now going on in the near, middle, and far east isn't designed to accomplish this this satanic plan? Carr claimed that he was shown the letter by uh, Cardinal Rodriguez of Santiago, Chile. He wrote about the letter document to, documented to be published prior to the Second World War in his book, The Mystery of Freemasonry Unveiled, which was published in 1925. So, e- look, even if even if there are individuals who deny the authenticity and legitimacy of Pike's letter, um, it, it still predates World War II. It, uh, at the very least, and even I would say World War One. But given the fact, I, I, authentic or not, the letter had been published long before, long enough before the events took place, not to be an invention accommodated uh, post factum. So so this was written before the events uh, that took place. Now, its publication is cataloged in the British Museum of London. We know that. Uh, And the plan attributed to Pike is also in part in... um, Ah, never mind. That's... It's planned to destroy Catholicism, and I find this rather interesting because what are we doing here, too? When we we talk about Catholicism, are we not talking about the Vatican and the Pope? I, I think... Perhaps most of us are. Certainly we're not talking about our neighbor, the Catholic, in the pew, in the churches. Again, this is me talking, not the book. So you're talking about the Vatican. But um, it's it's planned to destroy Catholicism, to throw out the Pope of Italy, and force him to seek refuge in Russia. Now, isn't that interesting, given the fact that, let me look at things the way they are today. And then, when the autocratic empire had become the citadel of papal Christianity, we, continues the author of this letter, shall unleash the nihilists, and atheists, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm in which all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and the most bloody turmoil. And again, look at the social condition of the nations. Constance from uh, Bordeaux called mm-hmm. on Open Bordeaux, France. Yeah. Saying, hey, look, Denmark, they've got... Uh, They've got dens of iniquity, iniquity where you can have sex with animals. Um, you've got uh, uh, atheism that, that really is overtaking much of the world and much of America, much of the West. And it's it's a weird atheism because atheists tend not to believe in God or the devil, but but most acknowledge the the satanic roots to which they adhere. So I don't believe it's true atheism. I believe what we're seeing here is Luciferianism in place of atheism. And uh, then everywhere, the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization. And the multitude disillusioned with Christianity, whose theistic spirits will be from that movement without compass, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer brought out um, brought finally out in public view. And, and that, that's the essence, and I could go on, but that's the essence of, of Pike's letter now, the, in, in its entirety. And, and Carr's editorial of that as well as my own. So having said that, <coughs> and, and writes Tom Horn and Chris Putnam, even though that the existence of the Pike to Mazzini letter is controversial, and, and that's true. Many people will say, eh, eh, not sure. 
It, mostly, it's due to Carr's writing style and somewhat questionable scholarly abilities. He didn't document the source material carefully enough. And the letters of veracity will, well, they're looking at this as perhaps not quite, not that could be a fake. But even if it is a fake, it's a good one, and it's one that predates most of the events discussed. Um, now, <clears throat> having said all of that, um, Cardinal Rodriguez's book, Discussing this plot by Pike. This again, remember I mentioned that earlier, 25, 1925, was in print decades before the World War II, uh, uh, Second World War began. One must take its prediction of a third and final war, pitting the West and especially Israel against that of the Muslim world very seriously. That is, especially if one maintains a supernatural worldview. And this is what this program is all about, isn't it? The supernatural worldview based on current events based on biblical, or through the lens of biblical prophecy but see all three wars and this upcoming world war is to be waged engineered with one goal in mind and that's a one world government ostensibly ruled by by what the Scottish Freemasons Scottish Freemasons well the lineage of Freemasons that, and their Luciferian that, cronies that date and, and have traced back to European royalty from uh, a number of countries, and uh, it goes back further than that. Um, even in the book that both Eric and I—I I don't know how much Eric has read of it—the uh, volume one, "The Life of George Washington," talks about tracing their ancestry back to the ninth uh, and tenth mm-hmm. century. To um, oh goodness, it was some warlord uh, over there, William the Conqueror, I believe. Um, but there are uh, the, the people keep track of these these lineages, these bloodlines, and they date back and go back as far you know to before the Crusades. Uh, some find their way back to Rome, and even earlier in their family ancestry. And mm-hmm. uh, you know the the Freemasons, for those who don't understand, have been around for a long time since the first building of, since the building of the first temple in Israel under King Solomon. Um, it's even spoke of in many Bible verses, the Masons and Stone Masons, and and, and, they're, and the they're fraternal order yeah. of the Masons. And there are different rites of Freemasonry, and you have to understand that. But but the bottom line here, it's a Luciferian uh, uh, pyramid pyramid kind of uh, leadership, and uh, but uh, you know it's. It's interesting because referenced in this book in the context of the Pike Mazzini letter is Bergoglio's papal papacy and this papal namesake, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, and by the way, St. Francis of Assisi warned shortly before he died seven prophetic travails concerning on a, or centering on a pope, that is, who is labeled a destroyer. Now, now listen to this because this to me Again, when I when I saw the news of the Munich news, and of course in the wake of Dallas and Baton Rouge and Nice and everything else, um, and then putting it, looking through like a larger macro vision here, I thought of this, and I thought, how interesting! At the same time, everything's taking place. Look what's happening in Rome. Bergoglio, Bergoglio is. Um, papal namesake, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, 
again, warned uh, shortly before he died, seven prophetic travails concerning the Pope, who was labeled as a destroyer. Now, now listen to these seven. He, he writes, one, the time is fast approaching in which there will be great trials and afflictions, perplexities and dissensions, both spiritual and temporal. Uh, the, char- the charity of many will grow cold, and the malice of the wicked will increase. Check. Of course, it wouldn't take a saint or a, prof- a prophet to, to to see that, I guess. The, the devils will have unusual power, he writes. The immaculate purity of our order and of others will be so much obscured that there will be very few Christians who will obey true sovereign, uh, the true sovereign pontiff in the Roman Catholic or the Roman Church with loyal hearts and perfect charity. At the time of this tribulation, a man, not, cannot, uh, not, not canonically elected, will be raised to the, to the pontificate, who, by his cunning, will endeavor to draw many into error and death. Now, isn't it interesting because uh, Tom Horn said there's an issue with this election of this St. Francis the Spa, or not St. Francis, the Francis uh, of the uh, Pope, Pope Francis. And, and St. Francis of Assisi talked about this as well, wrote wrote about it, and it's interesting that, that Bergoglio picked St. Francis of Assisi as his namesake. So, number three, the uh, scandals will be multiplied, our order will be divided, and many others will be entirely destroyed because they will consent to error instead of opposing it. So in other words, what he's saying there is the doctrine will be perverted and the doctrine, perverted doctrine will be accepted and of course that means eternal damnation. Number four, there will be such diversity of opinions and, and uh, uh, splits among the people, the religious and the clergy, except those days were shortened according to the words of the gospel, even the elect would be led into error. Were they not specially guided amid such great confusion by the immense mercy of God. So, some will get it, some won't. Those who don't get it, those who get it, hey, it's because of the mercy of God and the people paying attention. And then there's three more very quickly. Five, then our rule and manner of life will be violently opposed by some, and terrible trials will come upon us. Hmm. Are we seeing that now? To some extent, yeah. And it's only going to continue to increase and get worse, and and the violence is going to become more encompassing it's going to become more frequent it's going to hit places like it never has before places that haven't seen the violence um like the inner cities do and and the places where terrorist attacks are carried out Mm -hmm. and it's going to affect all of us in one way or the other well okay so so there you have there you have that um our rule and manner of life will be violently opposed by some, and terrible trials will come upon us. Those who are faithful will receive the crown of life, but woe to those who, trusting solely in their order, shall fall into a period of, uh, or a sense of uh, tepidness. And when, he, when it said there that the faithful will receive the crown of life, I, I believe that is in reference to um, what the scripture says are the elect, are the saints uh, who are killed for the their faith in Jesus Christ uh, when it comes to the that time uh, when their faith right. is tried and they're asked they're told to convert or die or take the mark and die um, you know there are those that will overcome but we need to be uh, when when these things go down our only source for real truth and uh, guidance and discernment will be from the Holy Spirit himself guiding his people 
And we need to be in the right mindset, as Paul McGuire said yesterday, in order to hear the Lord's voice, because many people are not hearing the Lord's voice because they don't have that personal relationship and walk with the Lord. And and when you look at headlines like today, and I I heard Paul say last night, of course, you know, we're not to to be scared. I mean, we're not to be frightened. This is the purpose of... And and we, we, we look at the news where... Trump is being accused of basically doom porn. I mean, I, I, I couldn't oh, yeah. believe it. You okay. know, so it, it's crazy. It's and I got a screenshot of this, and I'll put it up on a on a um, on the PowerPoint here. But it was so funny because somebody took a screenshot of what was happening on CNN, and it was very uh, interesting because what happened was there was a headline that said. Uh, Obama, this is Obama speaking. Trump, do, Trump's doom and gloom doesn't match reality. Right now, That's when what, uh, that was going across too. the screen, um, it said, you know, it talked about the par- the the latest terror attacks um, in the one uh, part of the bottom, and then on the ticker, it was mentioning the uh, another terror attack, basically showing in real live news the amount of devastation and. Uh, instability and chaos that is happening in real time uh, and that has recently happened while showing the headline Obama saying Trump is basically you know out to lunch when he says that this world is filled with doom See, and, and that's the thing the, the bigger the lie the more you the more you tend to believe it and the more often it's repeated the more you tend to believe it except for our audience which I believe is the, the most intelligent audience audience in the world but but the the the, the mind numb robots out there the 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 um the mind numb people who are walking around out there who believe that well wait a minute things are better i mean my uh i've 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 never been better financially in my life and you know it's it's all me me my see when when you look at just your own situation and and you have a tendency to everything has a tendency really to to kind of go go sideways you have to look at the bigger picture the bigger picture it's kind of like um, as I said, Joe, and you, you mentioned uh, about the doom porn or doom and gloom predictions not accurate. It's being hit by the progressive Luciferian uh, communist left. Well, of course they don't want you to think uh, badly about how the last eight years have gone, how the last decade and a half have gone, because this uniparty, and, and even some and the Republicans uh, or the conservatives even, uh, believe that, uh, well, that's an overstatement. Listen to some of the commentators. It's an overstatement. It re- really, it's not that bad. And there's not a, a um, you know, there's not a terrorist around every building to, to shoot you. They're correct, okay? But they are using hyperbole in such a fallacious manner that um, it doesn't match reality either. So you've got to look at it through a very clear macro lens and understand what's happening and then look through it through biblical scripture as well. So six and seven very quickly. Those who per- persevere in their fervor and adhere to virtue with love and zeal for the truth will suffer injurious injuries and persecutions as rebellious rebels uh and uh individuals who uh okay or will suffer accusations of uh, I'm sorry here I lost my place those who <laughs> Those There's are persevere in the fever, uh, fervor. There you go. There's the picture. Yeah. Several dead in shooting at Munich police <coughs> shopping and all TV reports. Please tweet, stay in your home underneath of the headline. Trump's doom and gloom 
doesn't match reality. <laughs> that's that's perfect, and and that's what we talked about earlier. I mean, it's perfect, isn't it? Now, if if that was a ticker on top, um, yeah, it was. It looks like it was from be- online. Uh, the breaking news with the option to X out of the breaking news feed at the top, but um, just very well, telling as know, the Obama's words are uh, the dead opposite <laughs> of of what's really happening in in real life. I like that good catch. Well, number seven might be the most important. I'm just going to go very quickly to this because some preachers will keep silence about the truth, and others will trample it underfoot and deny it. Sanctity of life will be held in derision, even by those who outwardly, outwardly profess it. For in those days, Jesus Christ will send them not a true pastor, but a destroyer. And recall, now recall this, that Malachi Martin warned us about a cabal of high-ranking Jesuits whose goal was to transform the papacy into an instrument of the devil. <coughs> yeah. If you have, if you read this in, uh, Petrus Romanus, I mean, it was in Petrus Romanus, Exo Vaticana to a lesser extent. And he's not the only one, but he's the, one of the more prominent and early, uh, church members, uh, who stated as much. There's been a number of people who have, uh, exposed and talked about this since. Well, we, and you gotta look at it this way. If Malachi Martin, a former Jesuit and advisor to the three popes was was correct in his statements. Then that satanic influence, which was hinted at by William Guy Carr in his book Pawns in the Game, mm-hmm. has now been exposed as having completely completely overtaken the Vatican. Given um, and, the, and the papacy, given the current situation as it stands right now with the two popes and the Jesuit pope and the Jesuits who are running the the, the show. Um, it's it was interesting too, and he gets into what happened in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, that ritual described by Martin Malachi Martin. I'm not going to get into that, um, but that was very interesting as well. Pike, of course, the, is the infamous author of Morals and Dogma of the Ancient and Accepted Scottish Rite Freemasonry, which he now he wrote this concerning the Book of Revelation. I'm going to stop here. And I have this book, uh, uh, Morals and, or the, uh, Morals and Dogma. Yeah. Yeah. Seven trumpets to sound, seven cups to empty. The apocalypse is, to those who receive the 19th degree, the apotheosis, uh, of that sublime faith which aspires to God alone, um, and despises all the pomps and works of Lucifer. Lucifer, the light bearer, strange and mysterious name to give the spirit of darkness. Think about that for a second. Spirit of darkness, uh, and that's uh, Lucifer. And as usual, our UPS delivery. Come, come on in. And just so people have an idea of of Luciferianism and what and that entails. People believe, and this has been down through the ages, especially in the Freemasonic and uh, these different uh, secret societies and and uh, cults, that Lucifer is the uh, savior and lover of humanity saying that the God of the Bible is the wicked, vengeful God who who hates humanity and that Lucifer can and does bring enlightenment and progress to man, uh, revealing, you know, things that will make it easier for man to live on earth, such as medicine. As it says in the book of Enoch, it goes into a great detail. And I'm more convinced now than I ever have been in my uh, faith journey that Enoch is... Um, 
a valid text as it is referenced in the Bible uh, more than one time. Most of what is in the book of Enoch is also in the Bible in other parts and in the Old Testament <laughs> prophets. Incoming, but I'm it sure. talks about in great detail the fallen angels from Herm, the Mount Hermon right. and exactly what it is they did to corrupt mankind before the flood, which was teaching them how to work metals, teaching them about the medicines through tree roots, the beautification through makeup and uh, piercings, and a whole number of other things. Well, okay, and I'm sure you're, you're going to get some flack on that. That's on the, okay. The statement on that, but but nonetheless, but. Um, as Tom Horn and Chris Putnam get into this and, and, and the, the Islamic, uh, the Islamic attacks we're seeing take place again, this spoke to me when I, when I read, uh, their book. It, it kind of got to me a little bit when I was thinking about the, um, the increase in the Islamic attacks. And, and the, as well, when you look in America here, you're, you, you've got to look at the presence of ISIS, which is not as, we'll say as, as, uh, Ubiquitous as it is in, in Europe, it's certainly growing here in the United States. So you can expect the attacks like what happened in Munich and and elsewhere uh, because of ISIS, which is Islamic, obviously, here to take place in the United States. And, and, and don't, by the way, folks, this BS when they when these when these idiots get on the the, the, the tube, the, the um, television, and they say, "Well, we're not really sure of a motive." You, you got you got a shooter with witnesses in Munich. Witnesses say yelling "Alu Akbar" and killing kids with a gun. Uh, not quite sure why. You know, maybe his fries got shorted. I don't know, but 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 really, come on. We understand it is the, the Luciferian liberal, it's not even left liberal or progressive, it's Luciferian in nature. That liberal Luciferian philosophy brought open the, swung open the doors to America, to Western Europe. Western Europe has been decimated by Muslims. They haven't contributed one damn thing except murder, mayhem, pestilence, and uh, a bunch of, uh, a, a bunch of crap and, and, and a bunch of junk and trash in the place. They trash Western Europe, Muslims have, okay? And I told you, you know, when I, when I said, I, I, when I said this before, I said this before, I said Syria, according to my intelligence insider, Syria will explode, not implode. Libya, basically the same thing. What the heck happened? You've got millions, you've got well over 700,000, actually one, I'm sorry, 1.5 million, uh, dead out of Syria. You've got, 80% of the country displaced. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about just the, uh, uh, the homeless. No, we're talking about people with homes and lives and jobs and such. So, you have these globalists who have opened the doors, allowed Western Europe to get trashed by these Muslim monsters who really honestly don't understand, or, or I shouldn't say don't, don't, don't adhere to Western culture. They live like savages. They're barbarians. They put people's heads on sticks. They cut people's yes. heads off. And that's don't just tell people. me. Children. Children, right. U.S. back they, rebels. They, 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 they rape, they, they rape, they rape men. They rape women. They rape any, anything. Animals. animals. Um, the, the, and, and so, so, so what, okay, so now, you know, Alex Jones had a great piece, and, and I, I, sorry I didn't put this up, but, um, so, well, how's Germany handling this? How's Germany handling oh, this? Oh, yeah, Germany okay. is handling this. <laughs> and this was in reference to the, uh, axe attack, but what they want to do is bring, uh, Germans and people into the, um, uh, 
basically counseling or mandatory Islamic classes. German officials respond to the migrants' acts attack by calling for mandatory Islamic classes as local authorities that are calling for the classes on Islam to be brought in at schools across the country after radicalized Muslim youth attacked passengers on a train with an axe on Monday. They say it is inappropriate to bring classes on Islam to the state schools or schools overseen by the state. They go on to say that um, this is the answer in order uh, to end the Muslim violence. We need to learn about their ways and uh, conform to them so as to not offend them. Therefore, the attacks will uh, subside. And, you know, just like the, the, the continuation of rapes in Sweden, there was a polit- Sweden politician who said this week that, that if a Sweden raped uh, another Sweden, it was a far greater crime than if a Muslim raped a Sweden. There was also a TV reporter who was raped by uh, immigrants and did not report it because she did not want to offend Islam. This is what and where we are at today. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I just... You cannot make this stuff up, any of it, and it's it's something that to me is absolutely incredible. Um, uh, really, when I look at this, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, okay, that was I mean, different. No, you, 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 threw, you threw me. I, I was I was just checking emails. Um, just, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. It's it's kind of funny, but but I I just get I get sick and tired of of, of people. I, seriously, now I, I got some emails about Alex Jones and and such. Let's get into that in the second hour if you want. Yeah, because um, I look. I think I think what Jones did, uh, Jones Joe Biggs and this crew. I think what he did at the RNC. Which, to me. which one the the out the the scuffle he got into outside of the RNC Look, or the inside ambush of the Young Turks TV show? Yeah, well, yeah, I think he was kind of set up on that one. I think it was blindsided on that one. From what I from what who, I he was? Yeah, I really he was do. blindsided by. No, I, I believe that what what it was supposed to be was okay. Um, uh, if you if you, I mean he disrupted the show, but yes, he went in there but, with a smile on his face. No, wait a second. He disrupted the show based on the uh, on the presumption or on someone telling him they expected him to do that. They wanted him to come up and do that. So you think he was set up? Anyway, I believe he was kind of set up in a way. Now I I know that sounds fantastical, perhaps, but I believe that he was set up to a large extent. Regardless, it was a funny video. Um, but I, I think that aside, just move that aside. I think I think that uh, people like. It's about it's about time. What do you what are we going to do here? Are we going to just sit on our hands? And I'm not going to get into the, the, anything else about that except to say, are we just supposed to sit on our sit on our hands? Not only are we supposed to sit on our hands, but we're supposed to be reeducated and learn how to shut up and be right. the victims. You know, BBC came out this week and said that they're suggesting calling uh, terrorists terrorists. It's politically incorrect. Don't call them Islamist either, because it might offend. Islamist. A tweet from BBC uh, goes on to say that if you thought that was the insanity of the political correctness had reached its peak, then think again. Even putting aside Obama refusing to use the term radical Islamic terrorist, the BBC has now suggested that calling terrorists terrorists might be blogged a thought crime. Well, guess what? Guess what? See, and there, Lisa, do you think we should remove the word Islamist or terror from our newspapers, or does it categorize the atrocities for what they are? Oh, come on. What are we, at six? This is BBC. 
All right, look, Lisa D. from uh, Lisa D. Info in Munich. She writes this, and she said, "Just had to let you know, since you're busy doing your show, that uh, Fox News has been leaning toward uh, reporting the narrative that it's looking more like a right-wing lone wolf, wolf who shouted something, saying, i 'I'm German and I hate the foreigners,' before he plugged, uh, you know, indiscriminately at the uh, crowd. Three right, white man. It's been it's been it's being reported as though this is going to be the Again, I just wanted to inform. Oh, okay. So in other words, yeah, it's, it's been like reported okay, on the a, ground that a, he screamed, you know, Allah Akbar. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's been changed into, hey, I hate the foreigners. <laughs> Doggone it! Bang, bang, you're dead. What, what kind of uh, tripe is this crap? Seriously, it's look, crazy. you know, okay, it, 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 it's it, it, some people, and I saw in the forum when this was going down, I saw in the forum where, they, well, he's white. Well, yeah, okay, he doesn't have to be black to be Muslim. No. Okay. Muslims are like any other religion. So, so it must be a right wing, uh, look. Like Hillary Clinton says, a right, a vast right wing conspiracy aimed against me and my family. Right. <laughs> but how, how many, seriously, how many, um, how, how many of these right wing groups, these anti, or these net pro national groups, how many terrorist attacks have they carried out? Uh, how many, how many innocents have they shot up? Yeah, I'm talking about in the last decade. Okay, uh, well, about the last month. Are you about, including about, the verbal uh, no, assaults no, and hate no, crimes? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just talking about the bullets, bombs, and uh, and you know stuff like that. Well, it's, see, it's the culture of, of hate that they create that that makes for the Islamic victims to carry out these attacks, and, and that's why you know as CNN says, like to the Dallas shooter, that he was so courageous and brave. Yeah. Well. So that's the narrative. It looks like they're going to change things to make it look like a lone wolf, and uh, isn't that something? <laughs> well, Hungary is taking action against the... Uh, they're, they're saying this, unlimited xenophobia or fighting terrorism. Hungary launches controversial anti-migrant campaign. It seems that Hungary is seeing what's happening across the uh, European continent, and uh, they are along several central and eastern U.S. members, including Slovenia, uh, Czech Republic, Poland, are highly skeptical of Brussels' handling of the migrant crisis, especially in light of the latest attack in Germany. Now, it goes on to state um, what uh, Hungary plans on doing and how the government has launched a media campaign against refugees and migrants and a series of ads in the Did You Know campaign links refugees to various negative statistics. And it goes on to say that they called, Hungary's PM called for a referendum on whether to accept the EU's mandatory refugee quotas, which he opposes. All right. And it goes through the did you knows, um, like did you know at the beginning of the migrant crisis, harassment towards women has steeply risen in Europe. That's one of the points in the ad. Did you know since the beginning of the migrant crisis, more than 300 people have died in Europe in terror attacks? One of the ads reads. And it goes on from there. Uh, so hungry. But, but by the way, a step up. Uh, okay, I just want to say by the way, now, now Sky or BBC and Sky News both are reporting there's only one shooter at the mall in Munich. Well, and they've already reported said so. and had video. It was three. Yeah, no, no, it's only one. It's only one. Oh, so there's just the, one. The U.S. Hey, narrative hey, is moving. And you know what? Out. It was a right-wing Christian extremist <laughs> who did it, and he was yelling, "I want to go to the snack bar." <laughs> and 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 uh, as did he's he coming Bible out of McDonald's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they'll find one there at the scene. Folks, you're listening to Hagman and Hagman fired up tonight. Come back. In fact, we're all ready. Just stay right with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 
Treat your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposed the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this hour of the Hagman Hagman Report, uh, hour number two, as we break open the uh, the news, as we analyze the news of the day, of course, Munich, uh, and, and they're already changing the narrative of, Mu- of Munich right now. Uh, it's got a right-wing, anti-alien, uh, anti-immigrant, anti- uh, or pro-right-wing shooter, one lone shooter, in fact. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. That's so we're we're gonna we're gonna sign on to that, right? Rather interesting as we see this uh, taking place, and it's uh, very interesting. You know, uh, speaking of interesting, I want to mention this as well. A couple of things, actually. Uh, Steve Quayle uh, posted this today. We talked about this a little bit. Um, Breitbart reporting that uh, line out the door for AR-15s after mass. Massachusetts Attorney General announces assault weapons ban. Of course, assault weapons in quotation marks. And in Massachusetts, what's going on there is they're seeing a run on AR-15s, AK-47s, SKS, whatever, and they've got lines out the door of some gun shops following a state attorney general, Mara Healy's directive against assault weapon sales. When you read this, it's to me, it's difficult to understand what this um, what what this is. I mean, I read. Look, I'm not a lawyer, okay. But I, I consider myself relatively well informed, and I can read. I, I'm not sure the wording of this, what what sh- she's doing. But anyway, thank God you're not a lawyer. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, boy, boy. <laughs> yeah, because I would get that man, and uh, it would, you know, I'd it'd be like. Uh, they, either that, or I'd be the guy in that movie throwing the plates. What was that? <laughs> Injustice for you. Well, on TVs too, yeah. I've been known to do that, but, oh well. Yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to make your point, right? You get some, uh, snarly, uh, gnarly old judge up there going, yeah, get out of my courtroom, man, I don't like liars. <laughs> okay, idiot. So, you know, so you just have to make your point. 
and um, break some things, I guess. I don't know. But um, so, so uh, anyway, so this Massachusetts uh, bozo, uh, Mara Healy. Yeah, we talked about right. this. Yeah, we did. It. All right, but but look, they, 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 here's what I believe. Okay, and he, here's my uh, folks. It's up to you what, what you do. All right, I look. I don't know. We you've got we we have this vast um, different number of people out there. Some say, well, I don't need a gun. My battle is spiritual. Okay, God bless you. Good luck. Thank you. Go for it. And I'm, I'm not being stupid about this. I'm not. I'm not being you know wacky about it. I'm saying good. God bless you. If that's what you want to do, amen. If that's what God is calling you to do, then who am I to, to, to say don't do that? Then you got people who say, well, I'm not going to buy a gun, or if I get an AR-15, I'm just going to turn it in. No, you don't. But if you decide to turn it in, really? Well, from what I read from this really? article, there is uh, nothing that applies to those who already have uh, yet, ownership yet. of the yet. the guns. Right. It changes nothing to those people who already are owners of the guns. They are talking about from a date forward that it will be uh, they will be unable to buy those guns. And the wording, yes, is very complicated. They talk about. Um, uh, types of guns that are also replica types and yeah you know it goes but like uh, kind of what new york did on, you know man. if you have two or more attachments or if, or if uh yeah, and how that guns can be interchangeable then they're illegal and it, it's not that complex but it, it's enough so to uh, if you're in massachusetts read the law i'm going to tell you anyone who would uh first of all uh, here's my approach to this if you can afford it, buy more. Buy five. Buy you know, buy, buy as many AR-15s, AK-47s as you can. Buy one for your son, your daughter, your your. I got three. Your, one for my cats. Your, one each for my cats. Know, anybody who's got the you know thumb and forefinger. Uh, <laughs> seriously, uh, that's my view. And, and ammo out the wazoo while you still can, because this America and this is again, this is my view. This is no one else's. It's Layman Joe's. This is my personal view. Mm-hmm. America was built on God, guns, and guts. And you know, an armed society is a polite society. And if I, if, if you, no one in this country or in this world is going to take away my ability to defend, to defend myself and my family. Period. End of story. All right. And End we don't have story. to get into this discussion. Uh, now. I want to, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, this is my only concern. Right and, and, uh, I have no problem with people owning guns, people uh, needing okay. to defend Let's their families. My concern is that when, say, there is the uh, civil unrest that leads to a potential civil war or a clash between the government and you know their new federalized police or whatever they put together to come after a civilian, say that happens, the technology of military weapons is so advanced that they, me and Eric actually watched a video where they have these new uh, long-range, non-lethal and lethal microwave uh, protester distractor units where you could be 300 yards away and they can precise pinpoint and, and send an, a, a microwave shock to you. And you remember seeing that, Eric, where the people who were standing, you know, it burned them uh, as they were standing, you know, 300 yards away. And they have these technologies that I fear 
guns will not be enough to defend against. Okay, where can we buy but one? But I'm of those not saying so can, you can't. You should not anyone, prepare. In anyone listen? Can you send me a number where we can buy one of those things, or the, the microwave thing? Or and like I said, I'm not trying to take away from people who are you know buying guns to prepare or right. you know, other no, things. I, I I'm just saying that, that there are going to be challenges we face that our normal methods of eradicating those problems will not work. But but I also okay. But see, here's the other thing too. I also believe that if you are a gun owner and if you that's if if you believe in your heart and yeah, you have to have a righteousness in your heart. By the way, it's, because it's men's hearts, it's your heart. A Bible and a Constitution in one arm, and an AK or an AR in the other arm, and I'm good to go. All right, I've got on my left the the rule of law, the rule of God, and on my right the way to defend myself if necessary. That's to me, that's a perfect combination. And, and that's again, this is just me. And I don't don't send me emails saying, "Well, you're a fool." Okay, well then you do what you want to do. All right, I don't care. You just do what you want to do. I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to just sit the, sit this one out and 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 you know live live your life on your knees, that go for it. Just get the hell out of my way. Don't get in my way because I'm going to roll right over you. And and don't preach to others. And and, and this is the only, this is where I draw the line right here. Okay, is is to where where you've got these these radio people, who and and bloggers and these Christians who will say, well, you are wrong and you're leading people into hell. Okay, really? Is that is that is that right? Is that what you, is that your statement? Is that what you're saying? So I what do you propose to do? True, if you told them to be offensive and you know, we're not telling people to go into battle. If you are told, if you, God tells you to go into battle, you are put in the position where you need to defend your family, your friends, your neighbors. You have no choice. Like I said, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. And we're not advocating anything other than that. I'm going to die on my feet. But we're not advocating anything other than that. Right. So that just needs to be made clear. Because those are the people who will... Well, no, but... Just so people understand, so they don't have the opportunity to misconstrue, misconstrue what you are saying. Well, they will anyway. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 <laughs> they're going to anyway. So, but just um, understand you know, that. This goes back to what Paul said yesterday, what we talked about yesterday, the discernment aspect. Um, the Lord needs to guide you in your steps in preparation for what's coming on the earth. And when it comes, when it all falls into place and we are in that time of trouble, he is going to be the one to guide you in your steps and needs to be the one to guide you in your steps. Okay, now, okay. you have the right. preparations but, but, and you have yeah. the, he is putting everybody in specific places for reasons. He's getting people right. ready with food or and water in strategic locations because there are going to be a remnant. There are going to be those that overcome and live through this till the end alive. And they're not going to be, uh, that's only going to be possible through the preparation and help of other people. In the Christian community, well, and we as Christians, see, no one's talking about preparation. No one's in the backdrop of the conventions, the Democratic National Convention next week, and of course, RNC just completed. Um, in the backdrop of all of this, again, the, the the picture you showed there with with uh, Obama minimizing the, the the travails and the issues of today. Uh, hey, everything's just fine. See, how, how much smoke can you blow up my butt and tell me everything is just fine? Everything is okay. There it is right there. Uh, Obama, Trump's doom and gloom doesn't match reality. This, see, well, that the top, right there. Several that, shooting CNN. See, that to me, right there, folks, that is the 
accusations of doom porn people. Oh, this is doom porn. All you're doing is you're trying to sell gold and silver and food and guns and stuff because it doesn't matter. See, it's all... And yeah, all right. let's go through. Take this. a breath. If anybody buys guns from anybody else in this country, do we see a penny from it? Uh, I get my check every fifth of every month. <laughs> no, exactly. No. If anybody see, buys gold and silver and from I anybody else, you. do we make any profit no, from it? No, 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 okay. no. Okay, exactly. No. So this we is get our point. Nothing. We if we talk about a book, do we get any money from we the don't books? Have, unless it's your book. Unless it's mine, then I get money we from it. We don't have yeah. any vested or financial or monetary interest in any of the, uh, you know, the survival, uh, Goods that people would go to buy, whether it's gold or silver, guns. Aside from chance being a partner in our radio endeavor, uh, ah, that's as close as you come to to. And the, that money well, we generate we, from him is is what keeps us on the air. That's right. So. And, and, and we're, by the way, and that's an, that's something I, we should we should mention. We're we're to, we're to, boy, we got so much going on. Uh, beginning of the first, first week of August, if, uh, if everything goes well, we are going to have a roll out a new, uh, mm-hmm. new way to segment our program a little bit. We're going to have different segments during our, our three hour show. There are going to be some exceptions, but different seg- segments. I'm so excited about this because it's going, it's going to look, and Eric the Tech and JD and, and, yeah, they've been working so very hard working on Working really hard, that's right. And I want to say, I listened yesterday, I had a few appointments that, uh, I was with my wife, I ended up being in the car about four hours yesterday afternoon before I got to the studio. And the Glenn Beck show was on. And I swear, at least twice during the, his show, you have like a, for, for a half an hour, just non-stop commercials, maybe in between that, you know, 15 minutes and a half hour, he would come on for 30 seconds uh-huh. and make a sentence statement and right. would go back. I mean, it's just the most ag- aggravating thing trying to listen and, and that's to a why radio we're show. To do you know, that. when you we're have to do that five things. minutes of content versus every, for every ten five minutes of content, you have ten to fifteen minutes of commercials. It's right. just insanity. So when we talk about segmenting the show in different ways, we're not talking about adding more breaks or breaking it up into a more, uh, you know. Uh, Topic commercialized say, network type thing. We're still going to have the same amount of airtime on the show as we do now. It's just going to be topically segmented. Right. That's all. Right. Um, for example, Quail's Trails, Steve Quail's Trails, because we're going to go down the rabbit hole. With hot some, headlines. You know, hot Eric's headlines. got a great graphic for that that people Mail are going to love. Um, you know, and other different things. Now, we're, so, so that's kind of, I, I wanted to mention that because you're going to see gradually a shift toward that. And then, um, we're going to be more on point, and, and you're going to see us more on point on these different headlines, and of course some some history in there, and, and so we're really working hard to change the to to upgrade our, our our show and to make it more cohesive as well. Now, uh, but 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 back to what I was saying here, because there are so many right now. There's a fight going on in the alternative media, and and it shouldn't be. You know, Jim Morris, when I was talking to him today, well, what a great guy! He said, "You know, um, nice. I, I forgot to, I forgot what he said now, but but he said he talked he, about the fighting inside the alternative media." Yeah, but but uh, he, he said, uh, uh, "You know, I can't remember what he said." But 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 bottom line was he was you know he said, "Look, we we need to come together and fight this as a uh, as a group and and as as." as and I think we do. I, I think what we need to do is, is we need we to know we, do. We, we have to stop pointing the guns and knives inward and, and, and point them out towards where they belong. Um, and Jim Morris is going to be on when? 
Not the 12th, I August guess. August 19th. August 19th. Yeah, so now it's bumped back a week, but that's going to be a great show. It is going to be a great show. Uh, he's the author of several uh, very important uh, historical uh, books, as well as books, uh, I think one of his new books is on the occult. Um, I have yeah. to get the information. Well, his newest book, which I talked to him about, is uh, Population Control, and that is a great book. Uh, I would definitely, folks, if you have a chance, go to jimmars.com, G-I-M-M-A-R-R-S.com, and check out his latest book, Population Control. Um, buy from from him via the website. Uh, that's the best way to get it. Second, Secondly would be Amazon, in preparation for the August 19th show. And also drop him a note that you're looking forward to hearing him on our program. And... Um, that, that helps us out a lot because, uh, and, and he's a great guy. And I talked with, like I said, I talked with him quite a bit and he, and he's, he's got his finger on the pulse of things as, um, as Dave Hodges and Steve Quayle coming on this coming Monday. So don't forget about that. So anyway, so getting back to what I was getting at earlier, and that's the fact that this, this divide within the alternative media, um, everyone has done a certain, Everyone has done their 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 part, I believe, in exposing a segment of the uh, Luciferian agenda, and I and I believe that even some in the in the main what would still be considered syndicated, but mainstream media have done have done that too. Now, what we have to do is we have to stop this uh, this ankle biting and 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 such, especially among the Christian body. Mm-hmm. That, that's got to stop, because if that continues, then we are going to fall. And if we fall, there's no one there going to be there to pick us up uh, as the alternative media. And we're told in the scriptures about a remnant that are overcomers uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ and through the testimony of his words. They come together and they overcome and endure till the end. And, you know, when things all go downhill and, and, uh, you know, you're given a choice to worship the devil or be killed or you're in the wilderness in these times. Um, if we don't come together now, we're going to have to learn how to do it on the fly, which uh, is not that the, you know, we talk about preparations a lot on the show. We talk mm-hmm. about, you know, our duty spiritually and being obedient to the Lord. Uh, there's a few things he says about the times of trouble. You know, he prays that it's not in winter. Um, he prays for the women with child who have to go through the tribulation period. Uh, and, he lays out a few other things, but importantly is that we get on the same page before this happens because we are a body, as the Bible explains. You know, you have the function of the, the toes to the ankles to the arms and fingers. Each is a different representative uh, carrying out a different purpose and function for the body of Christ, and we all have to play our part in order for the body to work properly as a whole. And we are not a body as a whole in the sense of uh, we still have many Christians out there who are not tuned in uh, to that body and to um, what role they need to play in that or what the the will of God is for them. Amen. Let's go to the mailbag. Checking emails right now. You mean the mailboxes? The mailbox. <laughs> mail. Yeah, that's right. Our mailbag. <laughs> I say mailboxes, be- I mean like... Uh, uh, totes, yeah, rubber well, actually, totes yeah. full of mail, boxes of mail, tote after tote. We're, we are going to do that on air. Uh, I got a bring, thank you card, uh, uh, a get well that. card. I'm sorry, not a thank you card, a get well card from a listener. I always want to say thank you. Um, had it with me. I don't know where that's to place nice. it. But, yeah, that's from the mailbag. Is there right. there? Well, th- this is from Lisa D. Um, 
about the shootings here or the attacks in Munich also had to add that uh, mm, I guess I should have reread this first right um, I'm not exactly 100% sure what the uh, the right-wing narrative fits perfectly to quiet down the discrimination and bigot narrative the German government has accused the people of, basically, is the bottom line. In other words, what they're saying, what, what Lisa D is saying is, um, there is, uh, x22report.com is saying that, um, the French and Germans have pushed back against their countries with their leaders invading the countries with this phony refugee crisis, meaning it's rogue elements, um, and, and false flags to quell and subdue the people as they fear losing control, so on. But the bottom line, as from Lisa D, the right-wing narrative fits perfectly to fight down the discrimination and the bigot narrative um, the German government have accused the people of, indeed. Also, uh, let's see here, Kim T. I'll give Missouri a hello. Missouri, hey, Kim T. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for listening. All right. Um, from Scott in New Mexico. They couldn't even find the two Boston bombers. Someone offered a smoke on them. God, guns, grub, and gear in that order. There you go, buddy. Scott in New Mexico. Oh, let's see. God, grub, guns, and gear, but um, not that much of a difference. Okay, and, and this from Reneo in... Um, you sure you can eat your gun, but it's not going to nourish you. Several people have suggested I do just that, <laughs> including Eric, but well, I'll give him a pass on that. But anyway, uh, Renee O writes this. Hi, Doug and Joe. Uh, my husband and myself are Christians. We just bought an AR-15 to join along with our handguns and other weapons. What do you have, grenades? If you've got grenades, send them up this way. Let me rephrase that. Bring them up with you. <laughs> okay. Don't send them. Um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sometimes um, you should see the things we get in the mail. Anyway, uh, we both enjoy shooting for sport. Certainly, I hope we don't need to use them for self-production. And I certainly don't either. I mean, I, I hope you don't either. But if maybe, we can. Uh, okay, we're cutting edge. Thanks, Renee. Uh, that's good. Thank you. All right, so... Bottom line here, overwhelmingly, there, there, there seems to be this, this growing sentiment. At least I, I'm, I've been seeing this, that we need to protect ourselves. And I would go one step further as well. If we come to the point too where they say turn your guns in, if there's a gun confiscation, that'll be the, the line in the sand for me. And it ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You're not. And you know what you mentioned about yeah, the uh, microwave turn them stuff into, from semi to full. No. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be turned in. All right, uh, we're gonna change uh, lowers and never mind. Um, the the weaponry that we will face. Do, do you not have faith that we could possibly be protected by God um, from that weaponry, or perhaps you know? That such weaponry can malfunction, it might not be. I mean, there are many things, but but the fact is, if if they're going to hit you with that weaponry, whether it's subsonic, supersonic, microwave, whatever the case might be, um, unarmed or armed, at least armed, you have a chance. I guess it depends, but but regardless. But yeah, I, look, we understand of, of the drones and of the new technology. Um, but are, are they going to 
Are they going to be able to get everyone with that new technology? I don't think so. And they're not going to get everyone on us. Uh, get everyone of us either. All right. All right. So that's, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I think let, let me just refresh this email one more time here. And that's, uh, studio at hagmanhagman.com. If you want to send an email. All right. Oh, it's ESA. I got, uh, here's one here earlier today, earlier in the show that is, um, this from Joe, he said, I've been listening to your show for a few years now. I gained a lot of information. Thanks for which I'll do during my time of listening. I lost my job in 2014. Needless to say, that has not been a pleasant journey. And man, Joe, look, I, I'm sorry. I get it. I understand that. Uh, I take what I can until I get, uh, I take what I can until I get what I had. This being said, I took a job as a TSO with a TSA. And for you, training safety officer? I, I don't know what, uh, I suppose. He actually wrote TSO for the TSO, or with TSO, but I think he meant TSA. And for what, for you to be knocking, um, it has not been well received. And no, Joe is not a security guard. It's more than that. There are also other believers just trying to make ends meet because there are slim and none pickings for jobs. Not cool guys. Pull up a chair, Joe. Not you, Joe. Joe from TSA. Pull up a chair. Got to disagree with you, buddy. Thanks for listening, number one. Number two, um, are you the guy? Reach into me. Pull into me a little bit across the table. Is this the man who... Are you the guy? Let me ask you a question, Joe. Are you the guy that uses the rubber glove, the nitro glove, nine mil, nitro glove? And fondles my daughter or my grandson. Are you? Are you the guy that teaches your people to do that? Just so you can get by? Is that what you do? And did hey, you Joe, see out of Seattle? Come closer, Joe. A Seattle Don't TSA worker was arrested on voyeurism charge. Uh, okay. Well, Joe. We're going to have a talk because you touch my daughter just so you can get by. You touch my wife just so you can get by. If you were sitting across from me here and you said that to me, you can ask Joe, even Eric. You think we'd have a go? I think we'd have a go. Don't give me that. I would not do that to your wife your daughter, your aunt. I wouldn't pull. You know, I'm not trying to be a hard ass here. Hard man here. <coughs> it just comes naturally. It just uh, No, you know what? Uh, but seriously, <laughs> if you can, if, if you seriously can um Mic up, man. Eric says, That's would you take question. a job as a drug dealer then? Would you take a job under Clinton just to get by? Oh, well, well they're not legal. Oh, Clinton's legal. Would you take a job at, 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 a, at an abortion mill? How about one of the security guards at the abortion mills where you walk, you know, the women in and out? But you're a Christian and you just got to get by. This is what's wrong with America. 
and Americans. I shouldn't say America. Mm-hmm. Americans, Christians, Christian Americans. Joe, look, I love you. Good time I love to promote you. Josh's book, Evangelpreneur. Evangelpreneur. That's right. He lays out uh, so much information on not only the Christian entrepreneurial a way that's biblically based, but how to get outside of the confines of the uh, slave labor type um, work that we see people so often enter into, that not that they love the work, but there's the potential to work for yourself rather than work for somebody else. Um, it's not always easy, but Josh lays out great examples in there, how simple things, uh, you know, with the right niche market in the right locations at the right time. Um, he makes examples of hot, how a hot dogs vendor, you know, made $250,000 in two years working certain events or, mm-hmm. or positioning himself properly to selling drinks at uh, other events. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. We need to step outside of that box and take risks if it is a choice of us having to um, compromise our Christian values in order to make a living, then there's a problem there. And the the Bible offers us a solution. Hmm. And God will. If you follow his will, instead of worrying about, you know, um, the income you'll lose from not taking a position that goes against his will, and you take that step of faith, and forego that job in order to let the Lord guide you in your steps into a more uh, uh, fruitful endeavor for yourself. He will open those doors. That's what faith is. You know, but even... Yes, I, I, I truly believe that. But I mean, I just justify, from experience. Right, and, and we, from experience, but, but I think but just to justify this... Uh, to take a job with an agency that's not con- that's extra con- uh, constitutional, uh, not within the constitution, and, and to violate other people's rights willingly and to be be immoral, I think the TSA should be disbanded. And I don't care if it, it throws. I don't know how many people are employed by the TSA. I don't have the numbers, current numbers, but they should all be sent to the street, and some should be charged. And, and, and the TSA should be kicked out of every airport, every. Every place in, in the country, it is absolutely a disgrace that we have them mm-hmm. and the violations that the Amer- that Americans, Christian Americans actually will willingly give up without a fight, without a fuss. You know, they horrible. tell victims of radical Islamic terror to go through sen- Islamic sensitivity training. Meanwhile, these people are allowed to sexually assault you. And, you know, they come out to be, the, the TSA workers come out to be the victims, you know, of circumstance. Uh, it's something we have to do as a nation for security purposes. So you're going to have to forego your right to your privacy of you and your body and your person in order to, you know, please the state, which then brings in what we see, these unqualified, non-trained, yep. uh, usually people with, with uh, criminal records, um, who come in, and we've seen the problems that the TSA caused. And as I mentioned, this week a Seattle TSA worker was arrested on voyeurism charges after uh, he took a video camera up a woman's skirt on an escalator while at the huh. airport he worked it, but he was off duty <laughs> at the time. And um, his name was Nick Fernand- Nicholas Fernandez, 29, 
and he was arrested on a charge of voyeurism Tuesday at the Seattle airport. You know, we see this time. Look, we we can't. Okay, and Bob, Maggie, thank you so much for your email a couple of nights ago. But see, look, we can't. There are jobs of authority that will attract sociopaths, psychopaths, and narcissists. You know, uniform. Um, you know, men with uniforms, women with uniforms, and such. Uh, we understand that, and, and so. But I don't even think those are. That's the issue. I mean, I, I think just the fact that we've got the, just the, just the existence of the TSA, the body scanners. Um, we're no safer today than we were prior to the TSA. We're no safer today than we were prior to the DHS. We're certainly less free today than we were prior to DHS and TSA. Um, and. and so the bottom line is, if it if it doesn't work, then then throw it out. Do you think Trump will do that? I don't think so. I don't think he's got the the, the ability, and I don't think he's got the 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 testosterone to do it. And I think um, if he's not bought out, bought out by the time by this, I mean, look, I, I believe I'd like to believe Trump is a hundred percent, but I don't think any one man is going to be responsible for changing this country. It's got to be a, a group effort. It's got to be from the ground up. It's, it can't be from the top down. Um. But I think one person can certainly contribute to the destruction of this country. And, and Exhibit A is Obama. And Exhibit B is Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to touch on a few stories here while we have the time. Oh, goodness, where to start? Okay, the... There has been some news about certain attacks and airstrikes that have happened in Syria over the last few days. Watch Syria. Again, all eyes on Syria. Now, this was reported two days ago. Bloody massacre in Syria as 140 civilians were killed by U.S. and uh, French airstrikes. And Syria is demanding that the U.N. take action after it says French warplanes killed more than 120 civilians during airstrikes on Tuesday near the Turkish-Syrian border. The deaths came a day after U.S. air assaults killed a further 20 people in one of the Syrian cities. The Syria is pleading to the U.N. human rights advocacy, asking them to uh, look into this. Now, um, there are other reports. There was a 12-year-old boy who was beheaded by U.S. backed Syrian rebels. Not only that, they filmed the beheading as U.S. backed Syrian rebels fill themselves beheading a 10 year old boy. Um, this is just a heartbreaking story. By another 10 year old boy. A group of videos showing five men hmm. with the frightened child who could be as young as 10 in the back of a truck. One man grips him by the hair. The same man is later apparently filmed cutting the boy's head off. No, now, no they no, say that t- tell me is, tell me what other religion in modern in, in modern times what other religion other than than Islam is responsible for doing this? There is none. Islam in this this and this is Islam in Islam. Well, this is Islam period. And yes, US back and it's been weaponized because why it can be weaponized and, 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 you know, the, 
Bilderberg, it's the, tri- the, the, the people from the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations, all of these, all these groups, and the Hillary Clintons, the Bill Clintons, and the Clinton Foundation, which I believe is the epicenter. The Clinton Foundation is perhaps one of the largest criminal, in my view, one of the largest criminal money laundering operations in the entire world, in the history of the entire world. I believe that much, many of the, um, incidents of, uh, of financing uh, these terrorist attacks have a degree, if that, of separation from the Clinton Foundation. I believe that many of the uh, donors and donations to the Clinton Foundation have resulted in special treatment of of countries in the Middle East. Um, We have to take a look very closely at Hillary Clinton as she was both a state senator if, well, you could go back even go yeah. back even as a lawyer, then 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 the first lady, if that's what you want to call her, um, the first lady of Arkansas. Um, Glenn Beck for, for, played a few clips of some of the history of Hillary Clinton, and I thought I found one of the quotes very interesting, where she or a few of the quotes interesting. One where she labels herself an earliest twenty early twentieth century progressive, and Sean Hannity broke that down. Uh, saying, you know, these were the uh, Margaret Thatcher, the eugenist-type uh, progressives that were uh, nightmares. You know, they they, they were the, the uh, people who founded the abortion uh, rackets and murders. They are the people who were for the eugenics, the sterilization of African Americans. These were people who were for the one-world order under uh, totalitarian arm uh, these are the people who are against God. These are the social Darwinist. Uh, and he went on to, you know, explain. And another clip I heard on Glenn Beck when they were talking about the Bill Clinton infidelities and Hillary Clinton being a champion for women and how that is a complete, um, you know, just a, just a ridiculous statement because the intimidation factor that Hillary played in in intimidating those who brought allegations of rape against her husband, Bill Clinton. Um, and she even back in Arkansas talked about a vast right-wing conspiracy in order to bring the family of the Clintons down through these, you know, false allegations that came up, you know, about once every week during Clinton's time in Arkansas. Uh, into the White House, there are reports of rapes and of other sexual misconduct acts to I, uh, to the Clinton speech, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, only to further be impeached by the lie as the, uh, relationship with Monica Lewinsky and others have, were disclosed and what Hillary did to those women as far as intimidation and using and staying with Bill Clinton and using him in order to launch her own career in politics, uh, off the back of the uh, sympathy of the American people for what they perceived as a, a, a cheating husband and a strong woman who stood by her husband. Well, that wasn't the case. It was a, a cheating husband, and the reason she stood by was to further uh, her own selfish ambitions. Well, you, you know, that's correct. Now, let me give you a little bit of a rundown, though. Uh, right now, I guess I'll kind of carry my weight that I didn't carry yesterday because I was uh, AWOL. But actually, I wasn't You're AWOL. AWOL. I was just absent from the show. I mean, um, but, napping but, in the studio yeah. couch is an AWOL. You know? Napping? <laughs> no, he was not napping. Uh, no, no. Anyway, uh, the the Bill and Hillary 
in Chelsea. Bill Hillary and Chelsea Clinton Foundation. Let's just give this a little bit of attention right now because you're going to be hearing more about this in the mainstream media. You're going to be hearing more about this in the alternative media. This has to do with the donors and the sources well, of donors? No, I'm just going to give a brief rundown because people need to understand what we're talking about here, I, I think. that This was originally based in Little Rock, Arkansas. Its first go-around, its first iteration, was the William J. Clinton Foundation. And then it became the Bill Hillary and Chelsea Clinton Foundation. It Obviously, it was established by U.S. former U.S. President Bill Clinton in 2001. Now, the dates, one says 1999. It depends on what papers you look at, but we're going to go with 2001 as the beginning of the latter name, Bill Hillary and Chelsea Clinton Foundation. All three of them have blood and blood money on their hands. It was established in 2001 to alleviate po- uh, poverty, improve global health, uh, strengthen economies, and to protect the environment. And they claim to be politically nonpartisan. The foundation administers several major programs, of which the best known is the Clinton Global Initiative. Now, now listen carefully, okay? CGI, all right? The Clinton Global Initiative is incorporated in '05 in as an independent nonprofit. It, it aims to persuade wealthy business people to pledge money to the Clinton Foundation programs. From the World Wildlife Fund, David Sandalo, who served as senior environment guy, the official in the Clinton administration, he chairs the CGI Working Group. All right, so the Working Group's advisory board is uh, it's it's made up of people like. Or such luminaries, I'll say, as uh, National Resources Defense Council President. You you got him in there. You got President Clinton's former Environmental Protection Agency Administrator, uh, Carl Browner, in there. You got Pew Center guy, or person, President Eileen Clausen. You've got all these different big, like Sun Microsystems co-founder, you got that person in there. You've got the Center for American Progress people in there. You've got all these people in there at this Clinton Global Initiative. This is a an Agenda 2030 vehicle. And they host the annual Clinton Global Summit, where affluent business moguls pay sometimes, what, $15,000 a piece to attend, pledge money, Um to, to the various initiatives of the CGI. Now, among those who attended back, we're talking probably eight, nine years ago, high-ranking officials of Walmart, Pepsi, Duke, Starbucks, the Carnegie Corporation. I can go on and on and on. But then you've got Archbishop Desmond Tutu, Evangelical Environmental Network President Jim Ball. And, and then you get into Hollywood. Uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Brad and... Uh, what do they call that? Brangelina? Or something, I don't know. It's some weird thing. But And you got Tony Blair. This is truly beyond national boundaries. Then um, you've got the Clinton Health Access Initiative, which was established back in 2002 as the Clinton HIV AIDS Initiative. Now, we know what Hillary tried to do with Hillary Care. We know what happened with Romney Care that basically turned into Obamacare. But you have the Clinton Health Access Initiative, which is um, this supposed altruistic 
uh, organization that, that provides generic producers of AIDS drugs and such that, uh, or producers of generic AIDS drugs to, uh, to underdeveloped countries. But what did we find with that? Audience, what did we find with that? We found a lot of failed programs where they sent what? They sent, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, expired drugs. Overpriced. And, and who made the money? Where'd the money go? The, the foundation. You, you have the Alliance for a Healthier Generation. I mean, I'm not going to get into all of these, but you have all these different offshoots of this one umbrella. Clinton Corporation. Now, it's interesting because in, if you go back and take a look at different things in, in 2004, there was this big developer. You, you want to talk about Trump and, and New Jersey. We'll, we'll talk about, uh, talk about the uh, Clinton Foundation and New York developer Robert Congle. He donated $100,000 to the Clinton Foundation. And then soon thereafter, Clinton as a secretary, or senator, I should say, um, helped Congle access millions of dollars in federal assistance for a mall project that he was working on. So you give you give money to me, I'll help you up. And then there were um, collecting donations for to fund the Clinton Presidential Library. Now, this is interesting because the Clinton Foundation has collected many millions of dollars in donations to fund their library. As of 2004, that's 11, 12 years ago, at least 57 donors have given a million dollars or more each. You got Steven Spielberg, you got, uh, uh, I'm not going to go through all the names. It's just a regular Soros Open Door Society Institute, uh, you know, same people say, every time you turn around. And, you know, another notable donor was Denise Rich. Now, you've heard of Mark Rich, right? Well, Denise Rich, the ex-wife of Mark Rich, a billionaire fugitive who fled to Switzerland to avoid prosecution for 51 counts of racketeering, wire fraud, tax fraud, tax evasion, and illegal transactions with Iran during, I might add, the hostage crisis. And Bill Clinton pardoned him. Well, Denise Rich gave $450,000 to the Clinton Foundation. It's easy to buy pardons these days, huh? You just have that money. It's not justice as I-C-E, or I-S-E, no, I-C-E, I'm sorry, J-U-S-T-I-C-E. It's just us, meaning, as Gerald Soloni says, just us in the club, and you're not in it. We are not in it. And in 2006, the foundation gave a quarter million dollars um, to ACORN. Isn't that something? You talk about the financing socialist, pro-socialist community organizing projects. The... Clinton's claim tax deductions. Now, this is cool. If you can do this yourself, you start a foundation, then you take your own money, and you give it to yourself, and then you claim a tax deduction for it. It'd be like you saying, yeah, I'm the Salvation Army, or, you know, I'm Goodwill, and uh, I'm going I'm to I'm gonna move, basically you move $100,000 from your personal account into the Goodwill account, your Goodwill account, get the tax deduction while you still get the $100,000. Actually, you make money on the transaction. So between 2001 and 2008, Bill Hill and Hillary Clinton claimed deductions of, uh, oh, I think 10.2 million in charitable contributions, all of, went, all of which went to their family foundation. Now, they're not talking. Basically, the, the foundation refuses to reveal information about its sales of stock. 
and they refuse to reveal their, their ties of the Chinese government. Remember Bill Clinton sales, Chinese sales, uh, during his tenure as president. Now the, um, um, I just want to get get a couple of more things in here because we're heading toward the top of the hour. Because, but but, but you gotta understand what this Clinton Foundation is the key is really the key to everything here. All right, Muslim Brotherhood connections. I'm going to get right into that. In the latter half of 2012, a Clinton Foundation employee, and we talked about this before, uh, Gehad El Haddad, left his job take a full-time position with the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, according to the Washington Free Beacon, Dodd's tenure with the Clinton Foundation actually overlapped with his time at the Muslim Brotherhood, which began in Cairo in February 2011 when he assumed control over the Renaissance Project, the Brotherhood-backed economic recovery program. Egyptian media described the Renaissance Project as a program designed to implement the uh, Islamization of Egypt society under Barack Obama's advice. Remember when he, that Morsi, the whole deal with Morsi and LCC and all that. All right. Renaissance is far more than the electoral pro, uh, program of, uh, Mohammed Morsi or the Brotherhood's, Muslim Brotherhood's uh, political wing. It, uh, it's a 25 year project to reform state, business, and civil society. So this alone should cause people to question what, you know, what's going on with the foundation where, where it's actually um, has connections to direct connections to the Muslim Brotherhood. The donors now on the other side of this. We have laws in this country, but in an effort to prevent foreign governments, organizations, and individuals from influencing the policy decisions of American uh, American policymakers, national leaders, there are campaign financing laws that prohibit U.S. political candidates from accepting money from such sources. Now, Trump talked about this, or at least suggested things about this. The Washington Post noted back in February of last year that the Clinton Foundation has given donors a way or an avenue by which to potentially give favor with the Clinton uh, Foundation, with the Clintons, outside of traditional political donations. So in other words, it can give you the money through the normal channels, but if you do what I ask, I'm going to contribute it to your foundation. As of February 2015, the foundation had raised at least uh, $42 million from foreign governments. $42 million from foreign governments. Think about that. And $170 million from other foreign entities and individuals. Folks, that money comes with strings attached. Moreover, foreign sources accounted for about one-third of all donors who have given the Clinton Foundation more than $1 million. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> foreign sources accounted for about one-third of all donors who had given the Clinton Foundation over a million bucks. And over half of those who had contributed more than five million to the foundation. How about this? Some noteworthy facts here. In 2002, the government of Brunei gave between one and five million to the Clinton Foundation. Hey, just to help you finance the library. Don't worry about it. As of 08, the Clinton Foundation had received between one and five million from Isam Ferez, the entrepreneur and philanthropist who once served as deputy prime minister of where? Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the uh, CEO of a wedge foundation that's a Houston based investment firm. And what do we find in Houston? Bush, right? <laughs> it's amazing how, how this 
incestuous stuff. So incestuous. Well, I mean, you might say, well, we find other things in Houston besides the Bush. Of course we do, but the Bush Library. Yeah, <laughs> and, and well, that's in Dallas. Yeah. Um, in the wake of the 9/11 attacks, by the way, this is, is some Ferris insisted that it's a mistake to make a comparison between Al Qaeda Network and uh, Hezbollah, because well, why? Well, because the Wedge Foundation is a supporter of Hezbollah, and it's all twisted. So, United Arab Emirates is another uh, country that just a tremendous source of revenue for the Clinton Foundation, as well as this, uh, of course, Saudi Arabia. We can't forget Saudi Arabia. Which, as of 2008, contributed between 10 and 25 million to the foundation. That's a, that's eight years ago, folks. You know, what's happened since then? I mean, these are old stats, but you're getting the idea. In well, two years ago, a Qatari government committee gave the foundation somewhere around a half a million dollars. Don't forget, I mentioned they gave previously one between one and five million dollars to the foundation. Okay, so. Um, th- th- there's also overlap of domestic donors to the Clinton Foundation and Hillary Clinton's political campaign. There's overlap of key personnel involved with the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton political campaign. None of this is legal. But, of course, Comey will... will uh, the Justice Department will... Help me out here. Who's going to stop this? Not Comey. Not... Okay, so it's not the FBI. It's not the Ju- Department of Justice. It's not the IRS, because they're busy going after conservatives. There won't be any congressional or Senate hearings. I guess it's up to us. So we're, here we are. And, and you know, um, Hillary for prison 2016. Top-selling T-shirt at the RNC. Right. And, and that's... Uh, oh, did you see what Rachel Maddow said about that? What? what? <laughs> we should hit this on the other side, but yesterday... Hit her on the other side. Rachel Maddow Ma- warns MSNBC viewers that this Clinton-related segment may make them uncomfortable. Now, what did she... Wait, uh, was there chalk involved? There was buttons involved. Buttons? And t-shirts. And, and, but no chalk, right? Because I don't know, man. I don't know if I, could, if I see, you know, chalk. I... And, you know, this this backlash against people who are saying Which... that Hillary Clinton should be tried for treason and, uh, you know, going to, say, face a firing squad or whatever... Bottom line is, is she guilty of treason? Absolutely. By her own admission, she is. And who knows how many lives she put in danger from CIA agents, uh, undercover intelligence operatives. She has. By using a private a email doll. server that was able to be accessed by other countries, including their military. And, um, I mean, if if some hackers named Gucci for and Gucci for 2.0 from Romania got into to the email accounts, got access to them, to the point where they released the information, anybody else could have. That alone proves it was hacked in the first place. But uh, since she is and has been declared the presidential nominee since before the primaries, this all was in the making and done for a reason. Folks, we'll be right back with our third and final no, hour on I'm this Friday I'm edition. Out. I'm leaving. And he won't leave. I, I can't got the rope right here. The heck. My shoes are stuck. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Town or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers 
murders, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. back, ladies and gentlemen, to the third and final hour of this Hagman Report. Yes, we're out of here. Um, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Folks, hold on a second. Go ahead. Yeah. Wait a minute. I wanted to make the announcement oh, before we get now? back into Are content. You, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, folks, have you gone, hey, look, have you gone to, have you, have you gotten your Minuteman stove? Why not? Huh? We've been getting lots of uh, great feedback Minuteman from people stove, who man. have purchased from yep. the Minuteman Rocket Stove. Folks, yep. go to MinutemanStove.com. There you can check out their excellent, uh, put, put together ammo can stove. Now, oh, don't fantastic. let it, don't let my words, uh, in way of articulating it take away from the actual product. This ammo can is reinforced with one-eighth inch steel, it is welded components in there to have a burner mm-hmm. and the ability to be used with uh, just w- uh, wood and dry kindling. You no know, liquid fire starters needed. Let me pick this up, all right, because, because we, we Joe, simply, simply, you and I, uh, the owner came to us and said, you know, would you, would you endorse and sponsor, you know. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, send us a, send us a, uh, you know, send us one. Let us use it. Let us try it out. Because I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking I could take an ammo can and put wood in it, and it'd be just—I mean, right? It, You'd think no so. Deal. I mean, oh no, no, this yeah. is something. Yeah. So anyway, we got it, and we put it through the, its paces. And what this is 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 a, a reinforced steel ammunition can with a burner that goes on top, but it's got a seal, it's got a top of the rubber seal on it. It's a rocket stove. You add wood to it. You light it, you know, with one of the uh, spark uh, yeah. uh, fire starters. And folks, you can see here, yeah, I got one of the yeah. fire starters. Easy, now. easy, easy. I'm not going to... You just strike the... Uh, watch, because... I'm not going to strike yeah, it that, for well, sparks, because you get scared with that. But yeah. This is a small fire starter. This is a five to 8,000 strike starter. Um, but they they have uh, up to twenty thousand up to twenty thousand strikes, um, and what you do is you get your kindling, and you know you just use it, spark it, get it going, and it's easy as that on the go, very portable, very user friendly, clean, easy, and something that you can use for camping for times when your electricity's out and you need to cook go, or go, for go the worst man. of time. Minuteman, go to minutemanstove.com. dot com. Hear me? Minutemanstove.com or just hagmanhagman.com. Click on the link on the right hand side. 
please do that because um, you need this. Mm-hmm. We have it, you and we it. love it. And I don't like anything outside, okay? If you get me off pavement, I get nervous. If you have storable food and you plan on and, – and Lane Miller, the owner, had come on our show and explained the benefits of having this in situations – where, you know, people, if you're out, caught out in the wilderness, we'll say, and you need to set up a camp, you know, your first priority is to create a uh, shelter for yourself. The yeah. second, immediately, is, is building a fire. Right. Now, uh, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of firewood to keep a, a fire of any substantial size going. But this Minuteman rocket stove is very simple and uh, does even not take can, a lot. Even I can do it. Right. And if I can do it, you can do it. Really, right. me. And, and any, really, any person that qualifies as a moron in terms of like, you can do it if I can do it. it, it a good that, fire going in there, and you can <laughs> use the burner to cook anything from hamburger meat to warm up, you know, your, uh, your American Survival Wholesale, yeah. uh, product yeah. line. Yeah. Now, another announcement. I was talking to Steve Quell too, uh, yesterday. Folks, what are you doing August 19th, 21st? Nothing. August 19th? 20, August 19, 20, and 21. Well, that's when we'll be interviewing Jim Mars, but what's going uh, on? Okay, uh, well, here's the deal. Gary Haven, the uh, uh, Amerigan movie, right. as well as founder of Curves, and, and uh, Christian... Uh, now, listen to this, okay, because I've been, uh, I've been trying to work something out here. But, folks, listen carefully. Listen, listen, listen. You ready? Gary Haven, Tom Horn, Steve Quayle, and Pastor David Langford. Four people. Did you catch that? Gary Haven, Tom Horn, Steve Quayle, and Pastor David Langford. <sighs> All in one place. They're going to be a featured guest at the Jim Baker Revival Preparedness and Survival Conference at Morningside Church. Now, here's the okay. Here's what you got to do. All right, you've got to go to HagmanHagman.com and click on. On the right-hand side, or, or HagmanReport.com, on the right-hand side, you're going to see the word revival in a box. Click on that. It'll take you to a page that will tell you about Gary Haven, Pastor Langford, Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, about what they're going to be talking about at the Morningside Church, the home of the Jim Baker Show. Okay, but you have to register. Doesn't, I don't believe it costs anything. You just have to register because, um, they're they're they write this. We need another great awakening, a fresh revival that puts us on our knees, brings us to repentance for our sins, turns our hearts back to worship and obey God. Every guest who we welcome on the Jim Baker Show speaks of this restoration and reviving the closeness and love of Jesus in our hearts and spirit. We need God back in our churches, our communities, and in our country. Join us at Morningside for a three-day revival. It's going to be three days, 19, 20, and 21. Okay, the schedule, 10 a.m. on Friday the 19th, and it ends at 10.30 a.m. with a church service on the 21st on Sunday. Now, I, I'm not going to say anything more than, than other, other than this. You can check the schedule out, but you've got to RSVP. You've got to register for for this because they will be turning people away from that for for this. Don't be one of those people. If you just show up there, you don't have reservations. You're likely to be turned away. When I was talking to Steve Quayle, 
we were talking about Jim Baker and his ministry. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you. I I can't tell you. I seriously, I cannot tell you. Um, I want to tell you, but I can't. Except to say that you're going to see some amazing things. August 19th, 2021, at the home of the Jim Baker Show, Morningside Church. Last time Steve and, and Jim, ba- uh, Jim Baker and Pastor Langford got together, it was a fantastic show. Right. Last time Gary Haven, Steve, and Pastor Langford got together on the Jim Baker Show, it was a fantastic show. I can't imagine this being anything less than with the addition of Tom Horn. Not going to want to miss it. Jim Baker's also done some excellent interviews with uh, Jonathan Kahn, yeah. author of The Harbinger. This and is not the Jim Baker of the 1980s. Not at all. Okay. No. Um, and we would be the first to, man, you know, yeah, say I so. Just, I wish I, I, I don't have the, I, I want to tell you things, and I can't tell you things, except to say this is not the Jim Baker of the 1980s. This is. And folks, you can, you can, uh, go on YouTube, check out some of Jim Baker's latest, uh, work with, with different guests. Um, there is things that are happening with the Jim Baker show where he is adding uh, a, a fresh perspective and a different insight uh, with his ministry. He's he's helping a lot of people as well as uh, bringing a lot of people to the Lord through the guests he brings on and through the new ministry that he's launched. And a lot of times, like Jim Baker, some of us need to hit the bottom before we can, uh, you know, God will try us, like he says, more so than than trying the fine gold in a furnace, you know, and it takes some people to go to that bottom before they can be used for God. It takes sometimes a man to be broken down completely to be built back up to be used for God. Yeah. And I and yeah. no, that's what Jim Baker went through. Uh, yeah, in in way more than people would even mm-hmm. imagine. If there was only one thing I could possibly go to this year, it'd be that. I mean, if 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 somebody put a gun in my head and said, you know what, you got to cancel all your plans except one plan, I'd keep that one, and only because of the. We don't know Jim personally, at least I I don't, and uh, a lot of people are you know skeptical of you know things that happened in the past. Yeah. But what I would ask everybody to do is, with an open heart, check out the the, the fruit of his works and oh, ask the it, Lord. There's you know. no, there's no. I mean, Joe, let, let me tell you something. There is absolutely. Uh, I, I had. I mean, people have a right to be timid, and and and. I I actually gave money to Jim Baker in the '80s, and I, I told him I wanted my money back. <laughs> I did. I told him I wanted my money back. Did he offer to give it back to you? Yes, I bet he did. Yes. But but see, it's it's a whole different ballgame now, and it's a whole different time, and it's a whole different uh, it's a whole different scenario. And you, you you toss in Tom Horn, Pastor Langford, Steve Quayle, Gary Haven, into the mix. You've got integrity, character, and you've got power. I mean, power like you've never seen. And, and revival, 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 and that's what this is about. And this morning said, so please. Okay, I know I spent a lot. And of time we're talking on about this. spiritual power through these men and yes. their ministries, and and yes. you know Pastor Langford with his dedication to the Word and and to preach the Word, um, whether it has been in in churches that he has uh, been the leadership of to his newer ministries, uh, Voice of Evangelism, 
dot com, the yep. voice of evangelism dot com, the voice of yep. uh, the books that he's written. I mean, he is a man of God. Um, and you know Tom, Tom Horn. Horn. My goodness, he is a man of God. His ministry focuses more so on um, exposing the true meaning of what happened in history in order to explain what is going to continue to happen and, and play out in these times that we live in. And he's done a great job, and he's partnered up with some great people like Chris Putnam and uh, Josh and Peck and others. And what they're doing is is bringing um, what the um, so many of the denominational churches are not bringing, and that is the prophecy angle, uh, as well as a, a a biblical, biblically sound angle to people who would not have ever heard it before. That's right. Especially in that way. He's hitting the issues that mainstream pastors tend to avoid. He, he, he really stood up, stood up, uh, yeah, sat up and took notice, I guess, was the way to say it, when, uh, uh, Steve was talking to him about the Nephilim and about Genesis 6 to the Giants and such and about the end times. There's a lot, there's a lot there, and I'm just not going to get into it, but, but trust me on this one, go. If, you, if you're near there, if you're, if you're, you know, even, Halfway considering going, go, but 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 register right now because there's a limited capacity. So that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be the place to be August 19th through the 21st. Lisa D writes that uh, just want another update here from Fox News. Apparently, they're reporting that the shooter was an Iranian and German dual citizenship, and yeah, he did yell a little Akbar as he shot the face of babies of, of, of kids. And this is that he is care. I want somebody from children. care. I want yeah, targeting children. I want somebody from the Council on American Islamic Relations here to call in. If you're listening, have the balls to call in here and you tell me that this is not Islam. This is Islam. And it sucks. Alright. Don't call because we don't have the phone lines open. I'll call so I can here, I'll give you my, but I my will personal put, office I'm, number. Okay, I'll, I'll give that out. No, don't. No. <laughs> Please five, don't. five, five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we oh joke because the phone rings so much oh, here. Uh, I mean, it's, like, uh, it's, like it's constant the before the show, as soon as the show's over, and uh, we joke yeah, about we, it. We can't even. We, seriously, we'll be on a, I, I can't figure out how to disconnect caller, uh, call waiting because, honest to goodness, uh, it's it's not like you know, I mean it's just constant. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Five five things, folks. Five things. Five fast facts here about the Muslim population in Europe, which goes to which which talks to which addresses what happened in Munich. Here, I want to just give you this information, and this is in the wake. This was uh, brought out in the wake of the the uh, uh, Paris attacks, as well as well, the arrival of hundreds of thousands of mostly Muslim refugees in Europe. It's really drawn renewed attention to the continent's Muslim population. Now, in many European countries, you got France, you got Belgium, Germany, UK, Netherlands. There's this growing concern about Muslim communities, and that's led to call for restrictions on immigration. Sound familiar? Huh. Anyway, let's take a look really quick at how large Europe's Muslim population is. How fast it's growing? How are you able to put that stuff on, on, on that thing up there? How, do you, don't show me how. how to learn PowerPoint. Uh, don't, don't you have to do it now? But what you, you, do, really well, you want to put that picture? Talking, you know. What are you going? You want to I, I like. I, yeah, I'd like that. What picture you do is you save that picture, put it in a special okay. file. Uh, hold on while I do start this. Start a new slide, 
and input that picture. I, look, I, 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 all I heard was blah, blah, blah. Because, Just forward that to the studio. I'll take care Okay. Of Here. Forward it to the studio. Okay. So I have to click that, right? Hang, hang on. Hang on. Okay, so... Yeah, Jeopardy music in the background, right? Okay, so you're going to take care of that one picture. See, it's a, it's this one right here. Okay. Those listening, we have you know, you guys. I'm sorry, man. All right. So here's the deal. If you use Pew's Pew Research Center's most recent population estimates, here are five things, five facts about the size and makeup of the muzzle population in Europe that, that are going to kind of really make your eyebrows raise a little bit. Germany and France, they've got the largest. Muslim population among all the European Union member countries. So, Germany and France in that order. Germany, okay, as of 2010 now, these are, these are, these figures are, are six years old, but still consistent with the percentage. There were four, uh, 4.8 million Muslims in Germany, which is five, which is about 6% of the population of the country. And 4.7 million Muslims in France and about 8% of the population. Now, in Europe overall, however, Russia's population of 14 million Muslims, 10% is the largest on the continent. So the largest by, by percentage of population would be Russia. 14 million Muslims, 10%. But then you've got Germany and France at, uh, 6 and 8% respectively. With, now think about that. 8% of the population are Muslim in France and think of the Paris attacks and Nice attacks. Alright, the Muslim share of Europe's total population has been increasing steadily in recent decades. The Muslim share of the population throughout Europe grew about 1%, one percentage point per decade. From 4% in 1990 to 6% in 2010 and then 1% thereafter. Well, 1% during that period and then, I shouldn't say, I should say much rapid thereafter. The pattern uh, is expected to increase well beyond 2030. Now, Muslims are younger than other Europeans. The median age, right. uh, 32. All right. So little... I guess this, and you can, I don't know. That's what I'm talking about right there in a, in a graph. What I'm going to do is, yeah, give me a second. That's what I'm talking about in a graph. or in a, uh, And that shows you the... You're making it smaller. How's that? Hold on, hold on. That's what I'm talking about in terms of the the population. But uh, the average age of the Muslim in, in Europe is 32. The average age, age of uh, Europeans 40. And by contrast, the median age of religiously unaffiliated people in Europe, including atheists and so on, was 37. The so Germany has the highest Muslim population, followed by France, United Kingdom, Italy, <laughs> Bulgaria, Netherlands, Spain, Belgium. Uh, those are the top eight. Okay, that's by number and then yeah. by percentage. It's uh, the, the highest round. is uh, by percentage is Sweden twenty five point three percent. The second highest is Bulgaria thirteen point seven. France has a seven point five percentage, um, six point zero percentage in the Netherlands, seven point five in France. I said that already. Well, yeah. See, the, the takeaway from this is this: five point eight. All of this is really before the Syrian and Iran, and even this is before. Yeah, this is as of twenty ten. You've got to understand, boy, that really no, kind of stinks. Okay, I don't think unless you're a flat earther, probably doesn't probably Here. doesn't make much sense. Uh, but, but but okay, look, 
what we're seeing here is this deliberate distillation of uh, our European culture, and it's happening here in the United States as well. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have the figures here, but but the but the uh, Muslim demographics here in the United States, um, well beyond anything that we would have expected as of 1999-2000, because what what took 10 years of uh, immigration to accomplish, yep. it's taken one. Uh, well, okay, that, I guess that's all right. I mean, again, unless you're a flat earther, but uh, anyway. So <laughs> I would. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a flat screen. The <laughs> flat map. Uh, well, Speaking of flat earth, okay, yeah. Um, I, 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 okay. No, I'm look, here's the bottom line with this. Um. We, we've got to do something about, about this alien invasion in the United States. And the only person I hear talking about it with any type of um, authority is, is Donald Trump. Now, I know that he himself can't do this, but he's going to have to cause it to be done. Um, and we were going to have a problem now because of Trudeau. Not only will there be this Muslim immigration from the south, but also from the north, and especially from the north. Because our northern border is much more porous than our southern border, uh, uh, believe it or not. And um, just like our southern border, our northern border, the United States has specific points of entry where it's like in in New England area, for example. It's well known that uh, people can come right through without being molested by border patrol agents and what have you. So it's very important to understand that we in this country have been subject, subjected to this alien immigration in order to rend the fabric of our society and our culture. That's the bottom line. And it, that also was the essence of the Pike-Mazzini deal, uh, the letter of Albert Pike, and the essence of the uh, the asymmetrical warfare in which we are seeing as well. So just wanted to really bring that to your attention. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Susan. Map of the European... Uh, crisis. I, I, I'm going to send this to, to um, Eric. Maybe he can get it up on the, on the studio uh, because I can't. And it might be a little bit easier for you to do it, to see that. All right. All right. Having said about all of that, or having said all of that, the uh, again, we, we, saw, we saw another sad day here with respect to the uh, with respect to the uh, events in Munich and expect expect this to come into the United States as well. Now, my, my, I know, folks, I don't know, and we need to address this a little bit. I, did you get a chance to address this with Paul yesterday where the caretaker, uh, the black No, caretaker, the military vet yeah. who's 81 years old who was held hostage for over no, four no, no, years no, 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 no. But and his, we can get his uh, benefit check stolen for no, four years. No, okay, no, no, I was thinking about the, the police shooting in Florida where the guy was, the black guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Caretaker. No, we didn't talk about that, but Eric okay. and I watched a video about that and read a few stories yesterday before the show. There was a black man yeah, and Jim who Morris was talking about this uh, a mental health worker who was uh, sitting outside with an autistic boy or a young man. He was who, playing with a dump big, truck or something. Who was playing truck. with a toy truck and apparently, allegedly, the cops say they got a call about an armed uh, man who was, uh, wanted to commit suicide. As the cops arrived on scene, the the worker of the men, at the mental health uh, facility 
who was black, told the officers exactly what the situation was, that the kid was autistic, that the to- there was a toy truck in his hand, not a gun. He laid on his back, put his hands in the air. Now, the videos of him being in the shot actually being fired are not there, but the police, for some reason, shot the unarmed black man who had his hands on the, the air and was laying on the, the back. Right. Kid. Shot him in the leg. And when the the man asked the police officer why he shot him, yeah, why'd you the shoot me, officer man? said, I don't know, which and is not disturbing. Only, not only that, but the second officer was asked, why'd you shoot? And he said, I don't know. And then I heard today they said that one of the uh, spokesmen of the police said that they were aiming for the autistic child and missed. But to the I don't know. Okay, if the that, officer was yeah. sincere, which the, the gentleman who was shot seemed to believe he was, there could be a more spiritual aspect to this or something else going on. Now, see, okay, I, I watched this and my wife because watched this. And, police are, 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 are trained um, in, in a way, just like in the military, where, you know, in situations there's a big difference when you have your gun out from your hand on the, your finger on the trigger to your, your finger on the uh trigger guard right? or above the trigger right yes you never put your finger on the tr- and this is a standard protocol for police officers you never put your finger on the trigger until you've identified a threat that is uh clear and present that's just simple gun safety um you know you don't pull your gun out you're not supposed to pull your gun out until there is a clear and present danger Yet they were responding to a call where there was a man, allegedly a man with a gun, who wanted to commit suicide. So to come out with your and and with everything going on in the country, with the violence against police, having your gun out down by your side, I guess, can be um, something that the officers did just as a precaution. But to aim the gun, to put it up at, at and aim it at a man who was laying backwards with his hand up. While having your finger on the trigger, when there was no danger being posed, when nobody was armed who they were dealing with, when the man was explaining and had explained himself to the police officers of exactly what was going on and why, it is unconscionable to think that that should have escalated into anything other than the police understanding that it was a false call and walking away. But now the taxpayers are going to have to well, foot the bill for the lawsuit after he wins it. Yeah. Which, you know, he, you know, good for him because he, I don't know. I mean, okay. I was talking to Jim Mars about this and, and he, we were, we were, he said, you know, you can't, how, how, it's inexplicable. The only worry, you can't explain this. And he did say, you know, I, I kind of don't want to go here. Yeah, but he said mind control. You know, this that there. We know that officers are sent out to Europe and and to um, uh, even Israel and train train with the Mossad, for example. He said, "I really don't want to go there." But is could could it be some sort of even mind control use? Which it's not out. It is not out of the realm of possibilities. At, At the same time, it will not be proven. Cannot be proven. Um. Because I I can't imagine back in the seventies, for example. No way, back in the in, that's all right, man. Oh, thanks, you got it up. All right. In, in a moment, folks, we're going to be joined by a picture. In a moment, hang on, I, my marker's still up. My flag's still up. Okay, there we go. 
I, you know, I remember back, and, we, and Jim and I were talking about this, and, and back in the seventies, uh, he, he was a he was a reporter that covered the the uh, the beat, the, the the cop beat, all right, and he rode along with the cops, and he said, uh, the, it was a whole different ball game back then than it was today, and, and I could relate to that because I, kind of the same thing in a different venue, but, um, he said. You cannot defend this behavior. You can't. You can't. You can't, you can't defend it. Um, it's disturbing to me. And, and Renee said, "Boy, you know, my wife. She looked at it and she said, this is not right at all. I mean, there's something totally wrong with all this. I, I, I can't defend that. Uh, you, I, if it was me, I mean, Mike, seriously, thinking today, I, I don't think I would draw my firearm. I think I would." Probably walk toward that and try to, you know, see. We took a concealed carry class and we learned well, the yeah. basics of gun safety and how but, to but even harness that. your weapon, what, where to hold it. But as a police officer, if but, there's no clear and present danger, having your gun out on your side yeah. is fine. Pointing it with your finger on the trigger when there is no weapon in sight, when there is no immediate danger to anybody around you or those you are sworn to protect. Well, and we t- so so I, I asked Jim Morris. I said, well, what, do, "What do you think the answer is?" He said, "Why don't we have civilian review boards uh, that that truly represent a swath of, of of the population, and that are you know acting independent of of any of anything else, and certainly not um, not not run like a, a grand jury would be, because you know we know how grand juries are, but us transparency to a civilian review board, and I and I totally agree with that. Um, I think that might be an answer, not to." Witch hunt police officers because we again we are very pro law enforcement here. We believe that uh, there the, the, the I believe that the majority of law law, law enforcement officers are, are especially the older ones are well intentioned. They, they're constitutionally minded. Many are oath keepers, but there's this element out there that's um, a growing element, especially among the federal, federal forces that are just the. Just off the reservation, but we need to address this. We we, we really do. Um, but, but but then again, Black Lives Matter, Nation of Islam, the Muslims, the different very various groups that, that are putting targets on police officers' back. No, no, no. That's why we said, you know, do something nice, you know, buy a cup of coffee for a police officer, or do something, you know, uh, let them know that you care because they're on the, I mean, we're, we're, look, folks, if we get through this weekend without seeing another ambush, I'll be happy. I really will. And, and I, and I suspect an ambush any time, any time, Baltimore area, Washington, and watch, by the way, watch the DNC this this week. And many will say, "Well, nothing happened at the RNC." Well, did you hear about you know the uh, the issues of uh, police being touched by substances and having their arms go numb? There was a couple of instances of that. Possible syringe attacks at the RNC by uh, against police officers. I don't know how many people heard that, but mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on here. Yes, there is. Um, oh, you know what? Hang on a second here while I, while I get ready. I, uh, Susan from, with Paul McGuire sent a, sent a graphic. Okay. And while you, I want to cover this before, um, while you're, while you're getting that. Right, the Hillary ahead. Clinton has chosen a, a 
vice presidential candidate, yeah. uh, Tim Kaine. Not to be confused with Herman Kane. He, or Tom yeah, he sure is, um, now a 58 year old Democratic U.S. Senator from Virginia. And, um, this whole thing is, um, pretty interesting when you look at his history, both politically and, um, this article paints him as some kind of, uh, saint as he talk, they talk about his career starting in 1984 and his legal career working pro bono cases representing a black woman who had been turned away from her apartment. The landlord told her he'd already rented it out and basically they go on to say how he saved this woman's life and he is a, a, a moderate progressive who is, you know, know, moderate progressive. What the hell's know. that? Seriously. But they say he's the perfect fit for her um and they are also wondering uh why elizabeth warren you know isn't really considered but apparently Too much estrogen in the room there it is going to be this tim kane and folks are going to start to need to dig up the information on mr kane um well, why? I mean, look at Hillary. Well, he, you think it's going to matter if Tim Kaine could have sacrificed the drowned a, a, a barrel of puppies in his front yard? And Hillary, it wouldn't matter. Hillary Clinton exactly. has done worse. And who? I mean, no one cares. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot more behind Kane than uh, what has initially been put out. And I would urge people to start looking into this. Also on the Hillary Clinton election news, WikiLeaks, excuse me, has released, um, more, uh, emails showing collusion between the DNC collaborating with CBS working poll data against Bernie Sanders. Earlier today, WikiLeaks released more documents showing that the Democratic National Committee specifically worked to destroy the candidacy of Bernie Sanders in a united effort with the media to support Hillary Clinton. As the article says, the revelations within the release are quite astounding and unfortunately confirm all the prior suspicions of the Bernie Sanders supporters about the Democratic Party apparatus working with the Clinton campaign to eliminate the threat posed by Sanders. And he has a legitimate beef. They basically (laughs) determined her the nominee before the election started. And you have here evidence of a media, one of the major media news outlets, colluding with a political candidate to sabotage her opponent. Sure. Not out of, uh, you know, not by exposing the deeds of Sanders or the policies, but colluding in a way to underhand him, including in a way to manipulate poll data to show her being more favorably liked among, uh, the voters in different states. It's all, it's all, it's all an to, illusion. Ex- exactly. To give the illusion that, you know, vote for Hillary because a vote for Sanders would be a lost cause. When in reality, if you look at the numbers, that were actually being done throughout the primary, Bernie Sanders actually polled much better than Donald Trump did versus how Hillary Clinton polls versus Trump. Uh, that, that, that's not an endorsement. No, that's just a not fact. at all. It, yeah, it's a fact. Um, According to... No, uh, but, no it's, it's been... It's been shown. Regardless, it just shows the collusion of major media yeah, and with, the point with, of that with is political uh, machinery. The Democratic Party was not interested in nominating the best candidate for the job 
or the, the, no, no, in no, charge no. Of, of fulfilling the, 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 the most popular, the most it, popular, the best chance to win by the person or by the by, by polls. No, right? And they manipulated the polls just to, to favor Clinton. Uh, and, and even before Bernie Sanders, um, in, in the primary season with Hillary and Bernie started, they had already decided they were that Clinton was the nominee, and they were going to work toward that end, as the emails show. But will that be? A devastating blow to the campaign of the Clinton and knock her back in points? Absolutely not. Because I'm sure in all the headlines and all the, the liberal progressive talking heads, it'll be Donald Trump's fault or somebody else's for that matter, you know? Uh, as the right. narrative has been since her campaign started. It's everybody else's you fault. Can't, you can't, I, I don't care what, what TV network you watch. You, you were subject to, to, um, to programming, programming yeah. with a capital P. Like I'm at NBC, yeah. what they said, uh, and CNN, Van Jones was on CNN during the Trump speech last night. Yeah. He called it a dark speech from a vengeful demagogue. And I like that. I mean, I, I, I don't like that as applied to I just like that dark speech from a vengeful demagogue. In three networks on mm-hmm. Thursday night immediately decried Donald Trump's dark speech as one coming from a, a vengeful demagogue. On NBC, Tom Brokaw allowed that some will see Trump on a white horse who will lead them to some kind of sanctuary and then pull the drawbridge up, but sneered. Others looking in are going to see someone they will only think is a demagogue of some kind. Chuck Todd said, I think it's an extraordinarily dark speech. We are now represented by a, a as a party by a man who believes in protectionism, isolationism. Wait, wait a second. Okay. In the wake of Nice, in the wake of Munich now, okay, in the wake of Baton Rouge, in the wake of Dallas, in the wake of everything else in between and before, what does do people do the media, does the media want him to stand up and say you know we're going to continue the, the the policies of Barry Satoro and uh, and Hillary the witch Clinton because it worked it worked out so well. This is what George Stephanopoulos said. We have heard about scraping the trade agreements. We heard about stopping immigration from terrorist countries. He painted a dark picture of where America stands today. Oh. And Martha, uh, so 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 maybe Ritaz, it's so a pretty dark speech labeled Hillary, uh, labeled Hillary Clinton the candidate of death, destruction, and terrorism, and weakness and massive lawlessness. She says, "Yeah, if America is not scared for their safety before tonight, they are tonight." He talked about the crime, lawlessness, economic catastrophe. He is the law and order candidate. He said, and basically his message is only if he can save America. And this goes right up to what the majority of Americans are worried about: crime. So, They're worried about terrorism. Uh, and another comment, uh, Terry Morin. I, I just want—I want every person out there who's accused Steve Quayle, who's accused Doug Hagman and Joe Hagman, who's accused Rick Wiles of doom porn, of selling doom porn. I want them to, to 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 pick up the mantle and say, "Hey, Trump, you know that's exactly what Trump is doing." I want them see. It, it, it's, this is truth. This is information. This is reality. 
and and they're trying to paint some rosy picture of puppy dogs and rainbows when it doesn't exist. When when Muslims are taking weapons and shooting children and cutting children's head off, heads off, other Muslims are cutting Muslims uh, other people's heads off. Young children Muslims are are cutting uh, people's heads off. There's mass executions everywhere. The police are are are, are targets everywhere by the Black Panthers, by the Nation of Islam, by Islam, by these commie uh, pinko freaks who set out to burn flags and end up, you know, hey, stupid, you're on fire. Hey, stupid, these people are so stupid, these communists uh, are so are so ignorant, and, and they're, 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 you know, hey, a cop had to yell, hey, stupid, you're on fire, when when that when that idiot was trying to burn the, the American flag at, at the RNC. Hey, 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 dummy, you know, you're on fire, Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really rosy, Rachel Maddow. It's really rosy, Chuck uh, Todd. Oh, Rachel Maddow. Okay, it's really everything's really rosy. Everything's really great. What a bunch of morons! Oh, it is in their in their liberal utopian minds and their global governance vision. Go go back and live in your freaking right uh, fre- uh, c- container, your your freight container. Okay, a four hundred and fifty square foot, and and raise your uh, uh, or move Gonzo or whatever. Or, yeah, get the hell out of here. Go to Venezuela if you think it's so great. Every Everybody, you know, they want to change the laws. They want to remove the Constitution. They want to re- remove the Sorry. Uh, uh, limits on government and further restrict the rights of citizens. Yet, we are the problem for standing on what the foundation of this country was. Right. And Tom Brokaw says about Donald Trump's speech, well, these are the themes that got him to where he is. He's a, he. Uh, this is... The unlikely journey, but tonight he delivered it on steroids. People in this hall see him as a man on a white horse who will lead them to some kind of sanctuary, then pull the drawbridge behind him. And he goes on to say, others look at him as some kind of demagogue. What you talked about, he kept talking back the theme, taking back the themes. We're going to win. We're going to crack down on terror, crack down on law and order. Um, and Hillary Clinton until she took office as secretary of state. The Middle East was a land of milk and honey until she raised her hands and accepted that office. Th- that will be a very hard sell, but obviously he has uh, teed up who he wants to. I've been doing this for a long time. I have never witnessed somebody who comes from where he did, got to this place, and used the language that he has to run for president of the United States. You could not understand, however, we are playing by different rules now. <sighs> social media, his fans in the social media will be all over this tonight and help to help promote Donald Trump. And it's just crazy. Uh, Charlie Rose, well, we heard a list of grievances we've heard before. It was a long speech at one speed tied together by two words, law and order. I can't fix the system. I will make it better. I am your voice. I'm the one with little appeal to the better agenda. Yeah. I mean, there, and then Rachel Maddow, uh, like I said about the buttons, Rachel Maddow warns MSNBC viewers that Clinton related segment may make them uncomfortable. And why would it make them uncomfortable? Anti-Hillary Clinton buttons. Rachel Maddow said, I want to show you a little something that we shot earlier today, Maddow said Wednesday night. You may find it uncomfortable, and you may not want to look at this stuff. See, what that clip jumped to is an image of the Clinton-themed buttons being hawked by merchandisers at RNC. Um, What they say, Hillary for uh, prison. Prison. Yeah, um, might make and, you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, what does that even mean? Are, are, are we six? Are we are we eight years old? Are we in the in the first grade or the second grade playground? It, you know, uh, Jimmy said something really really nasty about me, and my feelings are hurt. So mm-hmm. either I'm gonna have to sue Shoot. you, triggered. or, or you triggered. put a warning up there. 
or yeah. PTSD, you know, it, it, come the on. Social justice come on. warriors. And that's what the, uh, the Tim Kaine, the vice presidential nominee for Hillary, has also labeled himself as a social justice warrior. A social justice warrior. Yep. Well, Kane's got some issues. Of course, he, you know, he quit law school <laughs> back in the 80s and went to Honduras for, to become, to be a missionary. You know, the, the left, the, the progressive, the, the, that ticket is going to paint him up to be this, this wonderful, uh, yeah. uh, philanthropist. That, but look into it. In fact, we'll have a report on him next week. And, and if you um, want to see an example of how the media takes the story yeah. and how it uses the distorted facts and spins them to make it show that it's an advantage to them or, or makes an advantage to them. This is from yesterday. White House. No president has been more committed to border security than Obama. Now, why? Did, how can they get away with saying this? No president, that Obama is more committed to border security than any other president in history because of the lower number of illegal immigrants apprehended at the border during his time in office. They say there's, he says there's never been a greater commitment to border security, and that's reflected in the numbers that we see of individuals who are apprehended attempting to cross the border, Press Secretary Josh Ernest said Thursday. Well, guess what? They have the lowest percentage of, of, uh, apprehensions at the border because they're They're not apprehending anybody. The Border Patrol has stand down orders and they let everybody and anybody in. That's right. It's, it it's, makes no sense. Makes absolutely well. It does if you look at exactly. it through the eyes of uh, a perpetrator. And this is the cabal there. This is one of the little templates they use on how to distort facts and sway public opinion through deception and through uh, misleading. Just like they run around and tout the national debt or the health insurance information, all of which is a nightmare. But Obama cut the you know national debt in half if you hear it from his own lips. I, uh, I mean, it's just pure insanity and hypocrisy. The, the Associated Press had talked about how Donald Trump used uh, code words, uh, if you will, uh, for coded, uh, coded race language, basically. Um, I, you know what? I, I was going to get into this. I'm not going to do this only because it, it's really ridiculous. Um, when the the real the real issue here is not these alleged code words, the racist code words, code language, coded race languages cited by the Associated Press by Donald Trump. What should what what we really need to be looking at is the coded language that is used. Um, to advance the communist agenda here across the United States and across the Western world. All right. The, the, while the AP will look at this shift to coded race language as if, um, the Trump is, the pitting Trump is saying he's talking and kind of hiding, um, embedding racial epitaphs in his speech. Um, instead of really focusing on that, what we should be focusing on is the, uh, is the programming that we are all being subjected to by the networks, by the language police, by the people, by Facebook, by Twitter. You know, yeah. I don't agree with, with the model from Breitbart in terms of his, obviously not his sexuality. I don't agree with his sexuality. I don't agree with his, but he's got a, he's got a right to be. Some um, of his methods are, are, are I, I don't out agree there. with him. Okay. But, but I'm I, I agree, I like I agree him more and more each day. I but, mean, because he's right in, in so much of what correct. he says. Right. Right. But, 
Okay, I mean, in case you folks, you he was banned. Is. Yeah, he's, he's the editor for Breitbart. He's a, he's a homosexual, a, a, a very self, self-proclaimed and very vocal homosexual, conservative, conservative homosexual. Now you can be a conservative homosexual. Now you can't be a Christian conservative homosexual, but you can be a conservative. Anyway, go on. Uh, he, but, was but he was banned for yeah. life from Twitter. Right. And if you, folks, a really great summation of, of what happened with, with Milo. If you go to Paul Romano. Joseph Watson's YouTube channel, right. he lays all the evidence out. It started between a feud between Milo and the Some actress, uh, new right? Ghostbuster movie actress Jones, Leslie Jones. I don't know. I believe. Is she based, Yes. And, um, right. you know, he started... He wrote a review about the movie, and which started. Uh, um, he hear my feelings. He said I was a bad actress. Is that something like <laughs> that? Or yeah, what? no. He said how terrible the movie was, and how you know it was uh, a feminist uh, creation. And he and he laid this out in a number of different points. He made you know why he thinks that way. See, but, okay, yeah, I'm and, glad and you mentioned from the old Ghostbusters and Newsbusters. He talks about good. how the first Ghostbusters, you know, they were against the government. The government was against them, and uh, the EPA tried to come and shut them down. And uh, you know, they defied the government order, save the city, and whatnot. Uh-huh. Now this uh-huh. one, the government, uh, uh, you know, they take in the Ghostbusters and start to pay them, almost like uh, the this government stuff will really take matters, care of you. Folks. And uh, anyway. Um, this, uh, Jones, this comedian, has been on Twitter yes. responding to, uh, unkind comments and criticisms about her movie by sicking other Twitter members on, uh, the people who disagree with her by saying, I'll, I'll, you know, show you hate, um, get her is one of the tweets that she wrote in response to, uh, get her? Yeah, telling her Twitter followers to get the person who was, who was, Talking bad about her or making bad comments about her. Okay, you lost me, but okay. that's all right. I, so uh, this is a person who is inciting another person, other people, to harass and tear down a, a Twitter person who made a comment on her, uh, one of her tweets. All right, so so, so Milo, okay, Milo gotcha. whatever, Milo, uh, Milo, or Milo. Was, Milo sounds like it's from he's, he's from Meepos, but said right. something along the lines yeah. of uh, you know rejected by another black dude. <laughs> and uh, your tweets are barely literate. He was banned from Twitter for life. For life. Right. Over what they say was a, a, a harassment and, and 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 hate speech. Meanwhile, see the, 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 the person it. who it. who who had him blocked initially, the Jones, is somebody who was guilty of harassment and inciting others to commit. Acts of harassment and and uh, attacking others verbally on Twitter. You see, and, and, okay, and, and the point is, and this. he said it best himself. He's been turned into a free speech martyr, right? And it shows the hypocrisy of the left and how they are now, you know, the word police. And um, and, and this is what we should be paying attention to, N- not because uh, of it, not because, because it sets of, precedent, right? <laughs> And this is how they're going to win the war if we let them. And I say if we let them. This is how these communist, uh, Muslim, is, uh, Luciferians, I guess, would cover it. This is how they are going to win the war if we let them. If we don't say enough. You know, we could tell them to stick Twitter right up there where the sun don't shine, basically, in Facebook and all the social networking. And, and that's, and, and maybe scene.life is an alternative. I don't know. Um, 
Uh, I'm checking that out. But the fact of the matter is, they are coming after us because see, it's not about it's not about us being allowed to say something, or it's it's not about tolerance. It's no. about you. You it's either the, agree with me or shut up, or exactly. I'm going to. I'm going to. It's like I'm going to have you shut down. Intolerance of tolerance that we see, and the point that they and, made and I'll bet is you, that Nilo is probably going to get sued for. I, I'll bet you thousands, like ten million dollars. Thousands because of Twitter she pages. Hears somebody, somebody's feelings, right? Thousands of Twitter pages and thousands of Facebook pages dedicated to, with the message: "Kill Donald Trump." Right. Uh, None and of it's these okay, are though. That's okay. ISIS uses Twitter as well as Facebook I'm show to promote and, yeah. and, and to uh, celebrate their atrocities that they commit. No censorship whatsoever. But one guy who goes against the mold, who has the ability to speak out in a way that he can articulate himself, that the left has no arguments to be able to destroy him. Yes. He has a very so, thick skin. He, he jokes around a lot and doesn't care what people say about him, so they can't hurt him with words. His words uh, are dangerous because they expose the truth and hypocrisy of the left. Therefore, their only option is to ban him because they don't know how else to demarginalize him, uh, demoralize him. And that's and, that's the way the, the, these these little uh, morons on the left operate. Mm-hmm. i got to stop using that word because it's losing its meaning. Moron? Uh, yeah, moron. Uh, but, but, but that's how these Luciferians operate. What they do is they can't, if they can't, if they can't beat you intellectually, they shut you up through complaining to, to Twitter, the heads of Twitter who are sympathetic to your causes, or they'll file some lawsuit in some, some court somewhere right. in an attempt to shut you up or to bankrupt you. And see, that's what's, that's, that's what the problem is in this country. And everyone better pay attention because you're going to be on the, the, the other end of this. If you stand up for what's true and what's right, and if you say, look, I am a Christian conservative, and I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe this is the way to go, then you are the one with the target on your back, and you're going to feel the, you're going to feel worse than what this Milo guy felt in terms of being censored. We're all going to be censored, but we better be prepared to deal with this preparation to deal with what's coming, folks. And it is coming, folks. i got to tell you, I have a bad feeling about in the next week or so. We have Let's watch carefully. And, and last time I said this, it was Baton Rouge. We've got more to come. And um, if, if that does happen, watch our website. We're going to bring to the airwaves, be to the airwaves. But uh, um, last, last uh, Baton Rouge, we had to kind of wait and see what happened. We have uh, assets in place to, to bring you information. Should something like that happen again here in, in the United States, uh, over that weekend we'll be we'll be on there. So, folks, thanks for the great week. Monday, Steve Quill, Dave Hodges, not going to oh. want to miss it. Next Thursday we'll be with Pastor Paul Bagley in Noblesville, Indiana. Check out PastorPaulBagleyProphecy.com and HagmanandHagman.com. Right. You can register to be in part of our live studio audience. Have a good night, everyone. Good weekend. This is the Global Star Radio Network.